Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Late night. What's up, Chalky? Do you remember Fuel TV? Dude, of course I remember Fuel TV. Fuel is epic. I know it is. But I have some exciting news. And what's up? Fuel TV is back. What? It's so sick. Yeah, back and better than ever. And they are the newest sponsors of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yes, I love it. Thanks, Fuel. You know what the best part is? Of course I do. You can now get Fuel a whole bunch of different ways. You can subscribe to their new app called Fuel TV Plus and get their entire library of shows like Built to Shred, Danny and the Dingo, and Drive Through, and also their 24-7 channel, all commercial free. To subscribe, just go to plus.fuel.tv and download the app. The other way you can watch is Samsung TV Plus channel 1179. That way is free and includes the better than ever fuel TV that we all know and love. Skate, snow, and our favorite... Surfing. Surfing. Wow, Lyndon, that's pretty awesome. Really pumped. Hell yeah, it is. Welcome back, Fuel. Welcome back, Fuel TV. Foo Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it, I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing, only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. 
Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at iconiclife. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome listeners. This week we got a surfer, accomplished actor who has an impressive career starring in movies like Point Break, Tombstone, Children of the Corn, are you kidding me? Way back when, Blue Crush, Soul Surfer. He's uh, but mostly known as a cult classic, North Shore. North fucking Shore. Where he has that famous line still repeated to this day. <laughs> When the waves break here, don't be there. That's just one of them, bro. That's just one of them. There's a lot. Um, we are super stoked to have John Turtle Philbin. Thank you, bud. <laughs> Wait, dude, you forgot to say that line where he is Hollywood's go-to surf actor in the industry. Yeah. You got to put that in there. Okay. okay. He's got it all. We're going to talk about that and, and so much more. Uh, thank you. Hey, it's great to be here. It's really good to see you guys. I haven't seen you in 25 years, probably. It's been, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So, John. Yeah. Do you have a nickname? Is Turtle your nickname? No, but... Well, I mean, people call me Turtle. I, you know, surfing is a weird <laughs> subculture, right? Right. So you guys are laughing. There was a t- I mean, I have people yell Turtle at me if they're from the surf business or they know something about surfing. And there was a time when I was younger yeah. when it would really bug me. Yeah. I was an actor and I was like, you know, that's not my name. You know? yeah. And as I got older, I had to struggle with it, you know, a little bit. And then the movie, <laughs> North Shore just became, it, it developed a life of that own. was beyond anything we had, you know, it was a bomb when it opened, you know, but it was cable and, and VHS. And then these families started showing it to their kids. It's really a kid movie. Yeah bright colors and corny and, and, and classic universal campy. campy. Yeah. And it just developed this cult following. And when that happened, then the surfers are, you know, were seeing it come up again in social media and shit. And then people would identify me with that character. You I mean, know? I had, yeah. I had kind of quit acting, you know, for 20 years. So I was just teaching surfing. So I wasn't, I never thought about myself as an actor for a long time. But then I would hear that sometimes, and I would bristle. I wouldn't know how, what to make of it. Now, as time has gone on, I consider it a compliment yeah. because I'm 60 now, and that character is alive and well and living in these three generations of families. Yeah. And even if a surfer from my time, like you guys, like Strider's like notorious, he'll just yell it out really loud. <laughs> Turtle, nobody listens, you know. I'll just be like, Strider, you know. I've had conversations where like... Just so you know, my friends call me John, but it's just, you know, t- say, you try to correct a surfer, you're just going to get it 20 times over. Oh, yeah. You know, so you can't ahead. get away from it. So you, I just accept it. Yeah. That's what someone needs to say. That's what they need to say. And I am yeah. detached from that, yeah. you know, now and hey. now I consider hey. it. Now it's part of my identity. Just yeah. like you're not Stifler, okay? Like yeah. you're, you're Turtle, which is in our eyes yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Thanos, you know. Yeah. Like these, yeah. these actors that have done great work, you know, in in decades of film, like yeah. Mark Ruffalo and, and Josh Brolin, you know, and then they then they're, they then they they become Thanos, you know. They they got paid a lot of money for it, yeah. but inside yeah. they cringe. Yeah, you know when. <laughs> 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Eric gets called Burkhart. He just, it kills him. Yeah. You know, a little bit of his heart just goes, Want to buy some photos, Burkhart? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, surfers are brutal, man. Brutal. They're just fucking brutal. Yeah. So, and also, you but know, in a good that, way. But it, that is part and parcel. You're lucky if somebody can remember a, the name of a character of a part you played yeah. in a movie, period. Yeah. That just rarely happens with actors. So, well, we're I gonna, have to see that perspective. Now. Yeah, we're going to dive more into that and all the other bodies of work yeah. you've gotten. I'm but here for you. Let's start at the fucking beginning. Ooh. How. So you grew up. Where did you grow up? And how did you get into surfing? Wow. Okay, yeah. I was born in Carmel, California. My parents moved down to Palos Verdes when yeah. I was in third grade. Nice. I started nice surfing song. when I was 10 or 11. First, I had to learn to swim at the Rossler Pool, and then I got dropped off at Rat Beach, like the beach that never breaks, in the you know the tip of like Redondo hits the peninsula of Palos Verdes. But then I, that's when I started surfing. You know, 11, was, 11 years old. Yeah, I was probably 70, it was probably 1970, 71, on a okay. longboard with one fin used out of a garage, you know, the biggest, you know, just going out with my friends, yeah. getting dropped off, yeah. and getting picked up. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, you know, the biggest deal was if you could go from your belly to your feet without going through your knees, that was a big move. Oh, yeah. And then if you could angle the board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I first got to angle my board, I'm like, I'm angling. You, you tip over the board deal. goes through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be able to angle on a wave was a, was, a, was a huge thing. That meant I could go and surf the real waves where I, where I lived in Palos Verdes. My first rock reef was Haggerty's. Trim. Yeah. So I'm going left at Haggerty's, and then I moved up. I lived near Lenata Bay, so I started surfing at Avalanche, you know, this left out there, and Indicator, and Lenata Bay. Middles was a big deal. And then as I, I got older, you know, I... Uh, was there a lot of Groms that you were learning with? or Yeah, it... my Groms were Joe Bark, you know, like, I, I grew up surfing Palos Verdes, so I was a surfer in high school. Also, I was doing some, I started doing some theater in high school, too. Too, but I was a surfer in high school, and I decided to go to UCSB. I did a stint on a surf team there. I suck at competitive surfing. I just kind of like Lennon and me. No, I, you guys <laughs> really can do it. I just sucked at it, but uh, I love surfing. So then yeah. I started. You know, as soon as I could, I started trying. But how to cool is that to go to a college and be on like a surf team with the college? Oh, like, it was yeah. like, oh, this is my. I've made it. You know, but I, I decided I wanted to be an actor when I was at my second year at UC Santa Barbara. I was on the surf team. I had a dog, but we probably want to stop there. Yeah. Anyway, well, I learned to surf in Palos Verdes. Palos Verdes, and you had a good little crew of 
other same same age yeah kids my and, peers who took to surfing it's not for everyone as yeah. you guys both know but yeah. my peers who took to it you know we would surf yeah. that's what we did you know we stopped doing organized sports i stopped being wrestling stopped playing football i didn't i never played football but uh but you're in that you know, surfing 13, took 13 over. yeah 13, yeah surfing 14. took over yeah and i was a surfer i had yeah. white hair what? i lived to surf and you know palos verdes is very well known for for having the worst localism in one California, road, yeah, in California, one, one or two roads in and one or two roads out, and they knew all your cars and who you were. And yep, I can't go too deep into it, <laughs> yeah, because I did live there for a while. But I'll just suffice to say, I'm not welcome at Lenata Bay. I'm not part of the Bay Boys. You know, yeah. I, I grew up surfing with a lot of those guys, and I respect a lot of those guys. But I moved away from Palos Verdes when I was 18 years old yeah. to go to college and pursue other things. Yeah. So I was never part of that adult gang yeah. that localizes that spot. Yeah. And if you're not part of that, you don't do the cleanups, you know, you don't bring beers for the boys, you don't partake, and yeah. then you're not part of that group. And they, they decided to make that group very small and very committed. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not in it, you yeah. know. But I go back to Palos Verdes and surf. There's tons of waves in Palos Verdes, you know, but I'm never allowed to bring anybody. I think yeah. I got, my card got pulled because I brought someone from somewhere else down, you know, and that's yeah. just, you, you can't do that. And I just thought I was kind of above the laws, you know. I just thought, well, it's okay, yeah. you know, because I was, I didn't live there. I didn't talk to those guys, you know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. hey, I, but you're from there, so you... I'm from there, so I just felt entitled yeah, that yeah. I could go down there and surf. And I remember bringing Matt Adler, who's my, you know, who's Rick Kane and yeah. Shore. <laughs> and a lot of people ask me this, but only he's the only guy I ever brought. And he's because I really want to surf. And I go, okay, here's the deal. If I have to all, if I have to intervene in a physical altercation, yeah. fight for you out in the water, then you owe me <laughs> everything and anything I want that you have for the rest of your life. He wanted to go surfing. And he said, yeah, sure. He doesn't remember this bargain. At the, you know, I, I, I brought it up to him because he bought a place at Point Doom and he's saying, well, we can't go out there. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but, uh, so I brought him down to Lanada Bay. You know, I got punched and shit and pissed my bag and beer drum pumping, but he didn't. You know, he just got hassled and dropped in on and stuff normal. So shit happened. But, yeah, but I didn't have to fight to protect him. Yeah. And I said, you don't, you know, how was that? Did you enjoy yeah. that? And he's like, ah, oh, those guys are dicks. And I'm like, yeah, it's well, it's it's Did, it's for a reason. You yeah. know, they, they wow. have a very they have a very unique place and they've found a unique way to keep it special and that's yeah. what they do. I'm not I don't want to be too judgmental about that, but yeah. I've been on yeah. one side of that by when I was coming up doing my damage to cars that weren't from the neighborhood. Yeah. I'm guilty. Yeah. yeah. But then when I moved away, I'm like, Lottie die, I can go back and surf any time. But that yeah. was yeah. not the case for me. And you know, I thought I could oh I'll bring down my friend from North Shore. So yeah. like that is the worst fucking did your, decision I ever you, made in my life. Did your parents what end up a fucking trip? <laughs> did your parents end up living there for a while? They still they, do. They still my dad live? still lives in the same house I grew up in, oh, which is awesome. overlooking Golden Cove. Yeah, and I go there and I, I you know, if it's really a big northwest swell, I'll go yeah. down there and surf with my friends yeah. at the left. Not yeah. not a bit. Yeah. Not so, welcome there. So backtrack a little bit. You you, you uh, kind of went mentioned you 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 love surfing. You got into it. Did it to junior high, high school. Did you ever get into competition? Oh, I did your... like one year on the UCSB surf team in Santa Barbara. Okay. It's basically so I could get a key or a pass to the be Sands Beach or whatever that was near the campus. Yeah. It was supposed to be a little bit better. But the years I went to UCSB, it was horrible the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, horrible. It, 
as beautiful <laughs> it is and how good a couple of spots get, yeah, it's only a handful, like that many days yeah. a year. You like, have to drive, like, you know, down to Ventura, or, you know, or north, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I did, you know, or you know, Halama and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, it wasn't for me. I did, I tried, a, you know, a couple, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this, but no, I'm not. Yeah, I yeah. suck at that. Did, it's fun though. Yeah. Did you have like Palos Verdes? I mean, I don't remember knowing any like local surf shops up there. Where did you guys go and get? Equipment. Great question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that question. No yeah. one's ever asked me that question before. When I was like, 16 years old, I got a job at the only surf shop in Palos Verdes, which was Kanoa Surf Shop. Okay. Oh, wow. And, you know, I was 16. I had, had my first job was at Farrell's Ice Cream Dining Parlor. I was like running oh, yeah, zoos. I was, I was really just a dishwasher, basically. Sometimes they'd let me out in front, but I was filthy and young and stupid. And But I was just eating ice cream off the ground, <laughs> right off the plate, you know, with my hands. <laughs> just like, oh, they didn't even touch this shit. You know? <laughs> I'm just free food. pounding ice cream. But as soon as I got a job at Kanoa Surf, you know, Kanoa. that's where I work. Cool. I kind of remember Kanoa Surf. Yeah. Kip Jurger and Tuzo Jurger started Kanoa Surf. They had it in Palace Verdes. And then they moved to Manhattan Beach. I That's worked at both shops. Chris Barella and... Chris Barella, yeah. Mike Benavides. Yeah. Those, those guys. were guys who rode for Kanoa Surf. Yeah. And, um, but in Palos Verdes, it was like, God, I got a job at a surf shop. But yeah. the locals were like, you know, they're like giving it the flat tire. Because they'd get their boards made by the Ferraras or Zen Del Rio or Joe Bark. Those guys were making boards in the community for the waves we yeah. surfed. You yeah. know? And it was like they rode local boards, you know. Kanoa Surf was a surf shop run by guys that weren't from Palos Verdes. Mm-hmm. I think at one point they were from Palos Verdes, whatever they claim that, but but they weren't accepted yeah. from the local, from the yeah. Nada Bay locals. Yeah, you know. I, so I bet but, the reason why you didn't get into competitive surfing is because your community wasn't acceptance. God, you know, that's an, an astute observation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, I was totally it? know what you mean. Nobody there surfed competitively. Yeah. So why you would you? To, we would right? like. Yeah. Why would I, I would look at the ways and the things the guys were doing and stuff, and I was like, that's lame. Yeah. You know, out here I just was into beautiful waves breaking over rocks. Yeah. You know, like with kelp and cliffs, and it's like, oh, I'm on this beautiful wave. It wasn't about for me. Yeah. It wasn't in my time. It yeah. wasn't about radical maneuvers or being judged or anything. It was a real holistic experience. You yeah. wear a backpack. You go down the cliffs. You change it's on the experience. rocks. Yeah. You paddle out. I mean, that was surfing for that me. That is so different from what we've grown up as, you know. I, I know. Going to crazy. The, going to the pier and being a hot dogged out and everybody's sponsored. If you don't have a logo on your board, you're not cool. Yeah. If you're not doing the contest, you're Agro. Not, yeah. Total aggro. Alien world to me. Yeah. yeah. For me, until I got older and after doing movies in Hollywood, then I checked into Huntington Beach and I saw this whole different approach to surfing and this whole different lifestyle. Yeah, more of an industry. So, so not to skip over your younger years, but then you said you got, when did you get into acting? Yeah. Like, I was in high school. Theater. Okay. Theater. And I was did a couple plays. <clears throat> For the chicks? Or you're really intrigued in, on like, you liked... Come what on, if I both? told you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, jo- I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I was on the wrestling team, and I was surfing, and I got this play, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, cool. there are chicks, you know, yeah, and yeah. it was also fun. Yeah. And I remember when I was going into my senior year in high school, I was in the car coming back from a surf trip with Ed and Rich Cost, and, who are my local surfers, pals, we surfed Avalanche all the time when out of Bay. And I was in the seat, and then my dad and their dad were in the front seat. And we're driving back, and Ed Cost, who was a fantastic wrestler, you know, I, you know, he would cut weight, 
when he's a junior in high school and wrestled varsity. He was gnarly. Wrestling's heavy, if you guys yeah. have ever done it, when you're in high school, too. They make you diet, and it's weird. But um, we're going back, and Ed's like, we used to surf stone steps. Our parents would give us a ride down to Encinitas, and we'd surf stone nice. steps. And he'd Captain Kino's. It was awesome. Going back, we say, hey, John, aren't you stoked? Wrestling starts next week. Can't wait. Seniors wrestling varsity. Are you stoked? I'm like, I'm not going to wrestle this year, Ed. And they... Silence. Like, this is the like, first time just, it got brought up. Yeah, I could just see <laughs> the heads in front get really still. And Ed goes, why not? And I'm like, you know that feeling like when you're wrestling and you pin your opponent and the match is over and you can't do any better than that? You've, you've, you know, the, the ref slams the mat with his hand and it's over and that thrill, that rush. And he's like, yeah, 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 it's the great. And I'm like, yeah, well, I get that feeling every time I go on stage. <gasps> Sick. And I could just see my dad kind of relax a little bit. <laughs> and the people in the car going, okay, that's cool, you know. And that was when I had to make a decision. I had to say yeah. that I had to make that decision in front of the whole team. And the coach was like, what's it going to be, theater or wrestling, Philbin? Wow. I'm like, theater. All right, get, the, get your shit and get out of here. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm free. So I would just surf and do plays in high school. That's cool. And so it was what, but you're, you got good support from the parents or like, hey, whatever. Well, like, you know, my parents were, you know, you want to play, fo you played football. I was a pretty good athlete. I played yeah. football, you know, support. I was on a wrestling team. I think my dad came to one match, but I, it was a match I pinned someone. Support. Yeah. I'm going to theater. My mom, totally like, I love the but arts. You have, you yeah, know? Yeah. My dad shows up. Yeah, they're not like, oh, you can't be a in the, what, is, what did your dad do and mom do for a living? My dad was a businessman. He worked for an insurance company and then a bank, CalFed, savings and loans. He's just it. a full-on businessman who drove an hour to work and an hour back yeah. five days a week. Clock yeah. in, nine to Clock five. Clock in, nine to five. My parents divorced when I was very young. And then I grew up in a single latchkey kid. You know, I grew up in a house all by myself with my brother and my dogs. You know, my dad worked all the time. Yeah. You know, and he had to travel for work too. So there'd be times <clears> when we'd <throat> just be alone in this house growing up. And it was great for me. Yeah. My mom continued moving down south. But she was an artist and a student. She always went to college and was doing art and taking us to museums and stuff. She was a full artist. And she just was very liberal. You know, she yeah. was one of those, like, forward-thinking, you know, the cutting edge of Western Civ liberal California yeah. and so she was just loved that I surfed yeah. and she loved that I did theater and my dad was like whatever you know like okay yeah. you know well, what are you going to do with that but which is tip normal parental concern yeah. now after now that I've done had a career in acting and he knows that he'll get comments on the golf course like, once a week someone yeah tell tells him that they're kids. That's got to be so proud. Yeah. You know? And it just makes him proud. Yeah. At the time, he's like, what are you going to fall back on, John? Yeah. But now he's like, oh, my, my son's an actor, and I'm a, he'll volunteer. So <laughs> time changes a lot of things. He's very proud of me now. So going back to it, um, in high school, that's when you... Yeah, that's when I realized I loved it, okay. and I invested time and how, in it. How, what, how did you fall into it? Like, did yes. you watch a couple plays? Or? Yeah, I think I fell into it. I'm probably a freshman in high school, and I've come out of eighth grade. I think I did one drama class in eighth grade where you had to do a monologue. And I, I did it, and I got some positive feedback. And I was like, that felt good. And then I'm in high school, and they offer a drama class. And I took a drama class and I, as an elective, and I got positive feedback. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was very much into escape when I was younger. My, my home life was kind of gnarly. It was yeah. scary. I was scared. And so my first addiction was fantasy. 
Mm. My very first addiction was fantasy. Yeah. And I was always imagining things and where I was doing something else or I was going somewhere else. Or I, I had a very vivid imagination and fantasy was without a doubt my first addiction. And so drama allowed me to engage in that type of escape. displacement, yeah. escape, yeah, yeah. And, and imagination. Uh, and that's what I needed at the time to survive my situation. Yeah, because what you said, you know, you're a latchkey kid, you and your brother. How is your brother younger or older? My or? brother's older than me, and we dealt with our traumas differently. You know, yeah. he, he was so interesting in high school. He, he, he graduated high school early. He had a full beard when I was, <laughs> I was bald. I didn't have a hair, on, you know, anywhere. I, I was like looking at him. He's a year older than me, full beard, huge dick. I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm never going to grow up. You know, my brother's gnarly. Just. And I'm just this little eunuch, you know, like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. my voice hadn't changed, you know, and he's fucking all the hottest chicks in school. <laughs> he's dancing at a local college, junior college. And we go and watch him in a modern dance class on stage wearing tights. And at the time... I was just conservative, you know. And I, it's, Palisades is a very provincial place. Yeah. And it's conservative. Yeah. But he's had a little of that, that mom in him where he but was But he open. had enough of my mom in him to go, I'm just going to do whatever I think is cool. And what he's up trip? there dancing with, like, you know, black people. And I'm like, fuck, you know, how embarrassing. But inside, I was proud of him. Yeah. Inside, I was like, God, you're ballsy. You yeah. Got, you've got balls, Kevin. You don't care what anybody thinks of you. Yeah. And that's brave yeah. and I was just proud of him you know and then he graduated school early moved up to Santa Cruz and never came back he still lives up there did he you know? surf or no it was not a surfer it was not for him we started together but yeah. surfing's not for everyone yeah it wasn't for him he got into other things were you guys into skateboarding and stuff I was too? that yeah. wasn't his thing yeah he did really good in football and then More he did collegiate like what everybody goes down no sport. no he was different he did good in football and then he got into dance at this college and then he moved up to Santa Cruz and got into scuba diving and that was his thing. Cool. What Kevin a trip. found his So many niche. different Yeah, just different. He found his thing in scuba diving. Yeah. And he became well, he worked for O'Neill. That's similar to your like, you know, your fantasy world like that's scuba an escape. diving. Yeah, that's yeah. his escape. Like you go down there. That's an escape. And we we tell yeah. people that all the time like surfing is so spiritual and and it's just like you get so removed 20 feet off the coastline. Like, as soon as you hit the water and you're out there, it seems like you've kind of, like, a lot of weight has just, like... You detached de from reality. You, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You detach and you just, like... Yeah. Surfing has done for me, you know, a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> so... Crazy. So you you fully got into it in high school. I'm doing plays in high school. Not I'm not into being a professional or anything. And it's time to go to college. I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to surf. I go up to Santa Barbara. I'm surfing. I'm taking GEs and I do a play. My I'm like, oh, auditions for the play. You know, college play, and I get in. It's you know, it's hard to get in if you're not. What was it like, called, or what was? I don't laid in dawn or something. You know, a classic old, which is called the Goat, and it's a French manners comedy. You know, and I'm playing this little part, and then then I got a Shakespeare play, and then I got a Greek play. I I got to do all these classics because that's what they're doing. I was in yeah, As You Like It. I played studied art. Yeah, I I. I, I played Silvio or something in As You Like It, and I got to do a Shakespeare play with Jeanette Goldstein, who went on to be in Terminator and a bunch. She became a really great Hollywood actress. But And I, and I learned a lot, and I was doing these plays, and the, the directors so, were like, you know, you should take this class, you should change your major, you know? like, And I was like, I should change my major, and I'm just doing plays, and I just went, I'm not going to major in acting at UC Santa Barbara. If I want to be an actor... I should move to LA because I want to be a, I want to work in TV and film because yeah. film was my 
my love. You know, I loved film because of the escape. Yeah. And I realized I didn't want to go into a theater program and I didn't want to stay in Santa Barbara because I'm riding my bike down the street with my dog and I'm going, I'm not going to learn anything here. You yeah. know, if I want to be an actor, I have to move to LA. And I've, never li- I've never lived in a city. And I'm total just a, kind of a surfer who likes to act. And I'm like, I'm going to move to LA. And so, so I told the directors, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to transfer next year to USC. And I appreciate all this thing. Wow. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pursue it. Yeah, so they, I did. Yeah. I dropped out of UC Santa They give you some recommendations and like some support. No, no. Just like, hey, see you later. They said, you're a good student. We really enjoyed having you here. You know, good luck. Don't, uh, you know, fuck up. Wow. <laughs> so crazy. in high school, were you, your aspiration was to be an actor or not till? I didn't have an aspiration in high school. I was like, I, I, I started, you know, I had no aspiration. In high school, I just wanted to have fun. Yeah. I had no, I was very immature. Yeah. I was just like, this is fucking... I think that's I'm 99% like, of <laughs> high schoolers. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to travel. I wasn't focused, but I but when I would do something, I would do it as best I could. Yeah. yeah. So I loved acting. I loved surfing. And I then became to love traveling. Okay. And so before we get into more of your thespian world, what was your first uh, surf trip? Well, I went to Hawaii when I was, you know, probably 14 and surfed Alamona Bowls and stuff, Sick. South Shore. First Who'd time. Who'd you go with? Casey, Casey Ebertine. No, someone else's family flew to Hawaii. My family didn't go to Hawaii, but I did meet them over there once. Casey Ebertine, guy up the street, golfer, surfer. Ilikai Hotel, 1974, walking through the lobby, and this, I'm going by this truck, and I'm going to go surf Hawaii for the first time. It smells like flowers. It's warm. Going through There's the a resort. ton of difference. <laughs> Some guy's like, hey, Ali, time now. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's time now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. Time now, Holly! And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. What time is it? And I'm like, oh, oh shoot, I'm sorry, sir. It's it's uh, it's, it's 9.30 a.m. in the morning. Like, ah, ah, ah. You know, and I'm like going out, I'm like, I surfed Hawaii. I, they speak different language here. And, yeah. You know, I was like, I want to be Hawaiian. I just wanted to be Hawaiian. Yeah. I just wanted to be Hawaiian. It's and so I would go back every cool, year. Cool, magical place. How, how are the waves that first trip? I didn't get any good ones. But it was just great to be out there. Yeah. It was warm and, you know, it's why I went to, I went to Kauai and surf Pakalolos, you know, like that was the greatest experience. I saw some guy from PV there. Then I went back to Kauai on the North Shore in the winter with Ed Koss, the guy that was in the backseat of the wrestling story. And we surfed pine trees and Hanalei and cannons and middles. And it was fucking gnarly and bitching. I was like, I want to be a surfer, you know, eating fresh fruit. I was just watching this Hawaiian guy hanging out with his dog. Cooking, you know, just sitting there picking like fleas or whatever bugs off his dog, and I just went, "That I want. That's what I want. <laughs> I want to surf. I'm gonna live. Pick fleas off a dog. Yes. No, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna pick have some a fruit dog off the tree. Fruit off a tree. <laughs> surf. Have a dog that I love that loves me and hang out. That's that's what I want in my life. So so, that was the first time you heard Howley. Oh yeah, that was the first time I heard Howley, and I, also the first time I realized. That there's another language that can that you know to identify with as a local. If I wanted to be a local, localism was so important to me. I need to learn that language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you picked up real quick. All right, so going back, you, you left Santa Barbara. I did. Then you went to USC. Yes, my my mom died in in between. I think that probably impacted my life more than anything else that ever happened to me it was my mom passed away when I was 19, 20 Ooh, she was kind of young right? she was very young she died of cancer prolonged agonizing death it was really sad I lived down there I dropped out of school I lived with her she passed away 
and then I started. I auditioned for USC, and then I went. I tran. I transferred to U. I started school in the fall as a sophomore again at USC, which is a theater arts program for Bachelor of Fine Arts, which is a theater m- emphasis in acting three-year program. It's a four-year program, but I had already had enough credits as my as a freshman, so I entered that program and stayed there for three years at USC, and it totally rewired my whole life experiences. Wow. Live, lived on campus? Did you work? Did you have to work? While no. You, no? Actually, I would come home and work. In the summer, I had to work. Yeah. But not in the winter. I was so lucky. I got very... I was spoiled when I was younger. My dad paid for my college education. Awesome. Because what I didn't say was my brother went up to Santa Cruz, and he was taking tuition, you know, but he wasn't going to school. Ooh. And my dad found out, and he went up, and it's like, what are you doing? My brother was just devastated to be caught out, but, you know, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. I was just taking the money and living, you know, I dropped out of school. And my dad goes like, hey, I'll pay for your education, John, if you stay in school. And I'm the kind of guy that's like, that sounds like a free opportunity, like a sweat, yeah. you know, like, oh, I'm staying in school then, for sure. Yeah. So I went to USC, and I was like, it was only 10000 only. It was only yeah. $10,000 a year. But that was a you lot can't, of money back then. You yeah. can't get into USC now. You got yeah. you to cheat. You got to go to jail. You got to want your kids to go to USC. Yeah. You got to do time. <laughs> yeah. You don't make the cut unless your parents are doing time. Back when I was there, it was the University of Second Choice. Yeah. The University of Spoiled Children. You know, yeah. it's like I didn't give a shit about that because the theater program was in L.A. And I got to meet L.A. People that were going to be in, making movies in L.A. and actors that were going to work in L.A. And plus, I got to live in the city. Yeah. Because Palos Verdes is a provincial little town. I didn't even ever go so to So removed. Yeah, it's like Little was, Island. Yeah, it's, it's so removed. Yeah. And so Santa Barbara. It's another bubble. Yeah. So I became urbanized at USC, and I found my people. I found that I loved it. Cool. I loved this. I loved it. Not yeah. anymore, but I loved it. I had my time. At that time, At that time, it was, it was a whole new world to me, and I so, really got into it. So... Most of your theater and acting was pretty much like plays. It's all all plays, yeah. all theater. So it's when a did theater you program? Did did you ever do or or look into trying to get into commercials, nope. or modeling, Asian or nothing? No nope. modeling. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't have a camera here. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was never interested in modeling or commercials or anything. I was just into acting, the, learning the craft of acting. Because yeah. what I wanted to do was be on in films or TV show. I didn't really want. I don't believe I had that drive to be on stage in New York, you know, to do it. And even though I went to New York and spent every summer there and watched 10 plays a, a year, I would, you know, I would go and travel there and just go to theater. And that's expensive and everything. Nothing like it is now. Yeah. yeah. But I was totally into it. But I was like, fuck, well, that would be insane. But I didn't believe I had that kind of skill set to do a play six nights a, a week, you know, and bring what they have to bring to it. But I, but I admired the skill. And all yeah. I did was go to theater back then and study theater. Yeah. It wasn't until I graduated college. So you stuck through the whole three, three years. years. Yeah, I graduated in 83, I think, with a BFA in, in acting from a fine arts from USC. And it was like, my dad's like, okay. What are you going to do? <laughs> Rides over, bro. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? I know. And I was like, you know, I had done well in theater there and some guys who were doing a play asked me to be in the play in a equity waiver theater which is you know you don't get paid for it or anything but yep. you're in front of a live audience yeah small audience under 99 people i did two plays in la and on the second play i got a manager who said hey i think you could work i was like that's all i want i got a good review i'd like drive down to burbank to try to find a 
act, you know, an acting journal that comes out every week with the reviews of the plays, Equity Waiver plays, you know, yeah. and I'm like, my name, you know, it was such a weird time. But I was, you have to be so electrified and driven to do these kind of things. Because there's thousands time. of fucking uh, people got, trying to yeah. do the same thing. I, yeah. You know, you can't, it's, I know, I couldn't, you can't think about that. Yeah. At the time, you're just so narrowly focused. And I'm, I'm, well, I'm 23 now. You know, and I'm like doing equity waiver theater, but I'm a young white male and I'm like, and it's 1983 yeah. and this guy f- found me. He introduced me to an agent. You know, I was, I had just quit drinking and I was kind of on a high, like I'm out of college. Natural high. I'm on my own. Confident. I fucking, so con- the confidence yeah. of youth. Yeah. And you know, they say it's good for you to have a, some, a little bit of delusional belief in yourself. For oh, sure. Yeah. They say it's really good Ignorance for you. Ignorance bliss. And yeah. I had it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was really just, and I had some training too. So I got very lucky yeah. early on after doing two plays, I got an agent and I got a movie that year. I got three, I got hired to do three movies within a year. Hold on and a second. And to me, Hold on I was a second. like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And that was the agent introducing, hey, we have these. A manager sees me in play. He goes, you're good in that play. You want to have have representation? I'm like, no, I don't. Wow. It's funny because he also said, do you like to wrestle? And I said, I used to wrestle in high school. He goes, would you like to wrestle with me at the YMCA? No. He goes, why not? Are you scared? And I'm like, no, I just don't want to. Yeah. But um, he, was this a he had a good eye, he had an eye for talent. It would have been a casting mat at UC, you know. I, yeah. I have no idea, but I wasn't into it. Yeah. yeah. But it exists. Yeah. And uh, he introduced me to a guy. I was like to a great agent, Steve Dontonville. I mean, the guy became a great agent. I wish I could have stayed with him, but I didn't. I wasn't getting enough work by the time he had to let me go, and it was sad, so sad and depressing. But that's a later story. But yeah, he was like, yeah, we'll represent. You don't have to work with him if you don't want to. I don't, yeah, because he asked me to wrestle. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we, we know. You know, that's his thing. But you know, that Hollywood, yeah. you know, guys go out into the world yeah. and pick up people that they f- want to fuck, yeah. basically. Yeah. And they go, look how fuckable this thing is. Yeah. And other people go, I see what you mean. And then they cut those people out and take the fuckable quotient and, put, and introduce it to someone who's like, I'm not going to try to fuck you, but do you want to be in this? show yeah there's people business Making people people like Melkin and yeah. trying to work yeah, yeah you got yeah I, I fuck the you, dark you, side. Are, you can be in this I don't know that it's dark yeah I don't, I'm not sure it's dark okay but it's very real yeah and it's huge yeah. it's a huge industry yeah you don't have to play that game some people want only that yeah you know I look back at kids and kids are sexualized yeah. You know, I was sexualized. I was I was a kid in a fantasy and I'd done a million plays, you know, and I, I had a fantasy of a mem I was extremely naive yeah. about should I sell my body for yeah. profit? Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. You yeah. know, but there's children that come to Los Angeles and go, Fuck yeah, I've been getting fucked since I was thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. You know, there's this woman you can read about her who's like taking down studio heads. Yeah. You know, she's taking down three studio heads because they just couldn't not fuck her. Yeah. And she's crazy. And she would go, she would file lawsuits and they would get fired from their corporations. Yeah. And it's just, it. and then there's, there. I mean, I I think prostitution should be legal. And I don't care how, any, what anybody does to get a job. I don't care. <laughs> I was just too naive to, to use it yeah. explicitly. I would yeah. take yeah. it to that line. I'd flirt with casting directors. I'd flirt with them. And I look back on it now, so naive. I was like, 
fuck, that was not cool. Yeah. But I did it. I wanted the job, and I would flirt with casting it, directors so they, they would want to hire me. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, I mean, that is what I did. Yeah. With, and Which, that's kind of, you had to, not had to, I but... I felt like I had to. But that's yeah. what they make you feel, is like, this is the opportunity, but how are you going to play your cards? John, I mean, the... The game plan, there was no game plan, right? Like, you really had no game plan. I had plan. nothing. I was like, you I want to be in a movie. You wanted to be in a movie, but you didn't know what... Like, basically, you're one of the luckiest fucking actors we out there. Because you did two plays and you got a fucking... Super lucky. Yeah, that's a, that's Super incredible. Lucky. Like, no, it's I'm... incredible that you did two plays... And got an agent. Got an agent, and this agent got you three movies. First, well, he got me twenty movies, but the but the uh, but the audition he got me that I got was a movie called Grandview USA, where I auditioned I with Cher, that. and she she got replaced by Jamie Lee Curtis. But it's okay. It's the first movie I got as an actor, and then the first movie I shot as an actor was Children of the Corn, like you said, Jay. Yeah. So so I was getting ready to go to Iowa, and then my agent was like, "Hey, man, small part. You go to Iowa. It's a horror movie." But I like the people. It's Stephen King. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Stephen go, King, go signed up. Yeah. You'll get your SAG <laughs> card so that when – this is my first SAG card, my first SAG job. They'll Taft-Hartley you. You'll get a SAG card so when you go and do the good movie where you've got a juicy plum part, it won't be your first job. You know, you, you'll know how cameras work. I'm like, I want it. You know, and I went in and flirted with the casting directors, got that job, yeah. and that was the first movie I did. Take, take us back, camera. though, to the first audition. Well, I mean, I didn't get – I auditioned for probably ten things before I got a job. Yeah, you know I was when you're new. I have an agent. Here's a million. You're going out on two calls a day. Yeah, and I was sucked. I had to learn how to audition. I I, I would be auditioning, and the director would come over and say, "Hey, you know, you're kind of playing it to the audience. You don't have to do that. The camera's right here. You just have to act naturally with the person." I was like, "Oh, you know, like obviously I was a theater actor. Yeah, yeah. You know, wah, yeah, (laughs) and." uh, You know, I had to learn. I had to learn how to do it. You know, I had to learn how to get comfortable in a room. I had to learn what they're looking for. I had to learn how to flirt, you know, how, how not to be obnoxious. I had to learn to bring the skill set, you know, when it was important. You know, I had to learn all that shit. So I, I think I got dismissed after, you know, 20, you know, I'm, I'm going on auditions and just not getting anything. Yeah. And the first audition that I got happened to be for a quality move that I got the job. The Grand View. Was Grand View USA, which is a quality movie. And I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm feeling like, I got something. I get this guy. I can do the this The first job. movie you... Yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling, I think I can do this now. I've yeah. gone on a bunch... I've well, sucked at a million... Uh, not a million. I've sucked at 20 auditions. Yeah. Learned what which people is, are looking which for. Which is nothing. Yeah, no, I know. It's my first year out yeah. of college. Yeah. You know, so... And I when I got that movie, I was like... When I did what, that what audition, did you, I was What like, was the role oh, for that? It was a mentally handicapped... Young man, I know it's so funny. But, uh, yeah, give me a couple of yeah, drinks. I mean, it's just perfect. It's just like Pineapple Express. Yeah. If you saw Pine, is it Pineapple Express? No. What's the one with Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Stiller? And they're in, and and they're in the war, and the guy goes, oh, "Don't go Tropical Thunder." Yeah, tropical Thunder. Oh god! It's just exactly like Tropical Thunder. That guy. When I saw Tropical Thunder, I was like, "Holy shit! Can they get away with this?" 
But yeah, you know, an so, actor out of college so, gets so to play good. a mentally, you know, a challenged yeah. person. He's special, you know, he's different. Right. They didn't say what his disease was. That's a hard fucking part to play. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, it does, <laughs> it does, you know, a lot of actors get to do it, you know, as their first role. Oh, look really? at this kid, special. Because... I, I think so, yeah. I think so. But I got to anyway. You know, Gil- yeah. what's eating Gilbert, Gilbert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just take Leo. Let's that? take Leo, for yeah. example. My buddy Leo, he gets to play this, you know, person who's special. And all of a sudden, he gets to be a movie star. Yeah. Like, oh, this is yeah. how we do it. Oh. This is how Hollywood does it. Like, look at this cute, <laughs> different guy. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was, it was a great role for a first-time actor. And I studied. I just would go to all these houses where people who had mental disabilities were were living and i got jobs so you studied there. it yeah i got jobs you know i would play bingo i would meet a bunch of them like i had so much i did a ton of research for wow them. and then when it came down to shooting i just forgot all of that and just acted like a little kid it was really fun <laughs> on on these auditions like you're getting like the screenplay how much time how much well you it get, took or? me until i got it wasn't until i got children uh grandview usa that i yeah. got to read the screenplay oh this is a feature film you're going for a part and then yeah. you walk it's in they good, give you a couple lines right then and there and audition no, they, um the, like the audition for grandview usa was these are your sides yeah this is you know memorize them whatever come in we're going to film you i'm going to read shares part off camera and you're gonna do the scene with me I'm like okay are you ready yeah wow start whenever you want you know it's like and there's a camera. on off right there yeah there's a camera and there's a casting director yeah. and then what you do in that scene if you feel an electricity like a real if you feel something happening you can feel it from the casting director you can feel the connection you're having in the room and if the camera's capturing it, and you know, there's talent, like, I'm not a model, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so you gotta have, that. you know, people that have a natural beauty and stuff and look great on film, I don't have that, you know, but that is a talent that yeah. God gives people. But I, you just use what you have to make that s- scene as interesting and real as possible. And if it works for the character, and they're like, yeah, we could go with a guy like with a big nose and no lips, squinty eyes, and like, well, it works for that character, you know? Yeah. But if you make something happen, you feel it, you know when you're doing well. You also know when you suck. <laughs> you also know when you're just like, nothing's happening. Nothing, right? Nothing. Oh. You know, but something happened in that, and I entered a new level of acting. I just went, oh, this is what it's about. This is how you do it. It's yeah. a very personal connection, and your inner life is. Yeah, so alive. Uh, I've been, I've been good in some things, and I've been bad in some things. I know the difference. Yeah, you know, and and I really respect talent. I just said you to walk you walk out of craft. Nailed it. All you guys can go home. Yeah, you walk out of the hundred guys after that. I just find it interesting the process and like you know for us and our listeners is like, you know how intimidating it is going in there, but how confident you got to be at the same time, yeah. and then you got it's just like flipping a switch, like. Yeah. It's kind of like surfing in heat, you know? So confident. Yeah, but so Laura, you lost a lot more heat. And then I just Laura, uh, crumble. Laura, <laughs> Laura, you lost a lot more heat than he lost a lot more additions. No, no, no. That was just the, be- that's just the beginning of my career. Believe me. You said like I, 20 before you got a win. Yeah, after I, I think you had, you had it out of zero to yours. After I peaked as an actor on the way down, I probably didn't get a job. You know, I couldn't get it. I could not get a job for two years. I'm going on auditions. So nobody wanted to hire me. And I was like, what After fuck? Grandview? No, no, no. I, okay. I had a good run. I had a good yeah. 10, 15 year run. Enough to get a pension from SAG. I mean, I was, I'm a vested member. So I've retired and I'm receiving a pension now. That only happens because in 1980s, a white male could get a fucking job if he had talent. 
Yeah. You didn't have to be great looking. You didn't have to have an Instagram following. You didn't have to. You just had to. You know, you yeah. couldn't do that now. Yeah. yeah. But back then, war movie, cops and robbers, surf movie. You know, cowboy like movies. cowboys. Yeah. You know, horror. Yeah. Well, horror. let's get to all that. Yeah. Let's get to so, all that. So, Grandview, Children of the Corn. That was the next movie. Yeah, I did. I shot. I got Grandview first. I got, and but I shot Children of the Corn first. First movie I ever did, Children of the Corn. Linda okay. Hamilton, Peter Horton, you know, and all those kids, Courtney Gaines. First movie I ever did, Children of the Corn. Did it. Was scared of the camera. It was okay. Carved a pentagram in my chest. I was doing like sit-ups and crunches, you know. My shirt was off because I'd seen Flashdance. I'm like, that's sexy. I'll put my shirt over on my shoulder. I got a good body, man. Check this out. <laughs> then I go to Grandview, retarded guy, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tommy Howell, like a gr- Patrick Swayze. It was the first time I ever worked with Patrick Swayze. And that yeah. was a really good experience, and I did well. And it got well-reviewed. So that changed things for me. I mean, Children of the Corn is a cult classic in its own right, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it became one. I mean, it's a low-budget independent film. and when, But however, so I've come back from that. I've already shot Grandview. Children of the Corn's coming out. Movies come out like nine months after you shoot them. And I'm with my friend Brian, a surfer. Oh, what? You have a um, your first paycheck. Well, like, how much was it? Like how my first paycheck tell, tell that. As, a, as an actor, I got yeah. Taft Hartley on Children of the Corn, so I was making SAG minimum, which I don't know what I can't tell you what it was at the time. But my first paycheck was probably like maybe fifteen hundred dollars. You know, like I worked there for a couple weeks in Sioux City, Iowa. It, it, it was more money than I'd ever made. You know, yeah. like I was like, oh, fifteen hundred dollars, and then another week I get another one, then another one, and then another one, and I'm like, fuck. Plus per diem back then, you used to get per diem, so I'm flying. SAG is weird. You fly first class, you get. Take, giving a ride to a hotel, or to a hotel, you check into your room, you're not paying for anything, here's an envelope of per diem, $200 a day. $200 a day. I'm like, I'm going to the mall. I'm, I'm only, rich, bitch. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw it on the corner, I have a really small part. Yeah. I'm going to the mall and I'm, I'm going to this school where they teach handicapped people and I've got a job in this school teaching handicapped people. Every day I don't work on the set. And I'm studying them, and then I'm going to the mall with my per diem and buying cowboy hats and leather jackets. And people. And one person said to me, you know, you should save some of that money. You should, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. You should, you just your first movie. I'm like, yeah. Isn't it can great? You tell? It's awesome. Yeah, can you tell? I'm wearing a brand new cowboy hat and a leather jacket. I don't even need a leather jacket, you know. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm in a mall, you know, I'm going to Walmart or whatever they've got there that they don't have here. I'm like, look at this hat. But, uh... He's going, you should save some of this money. I'm like, why? <laughs> it comes every day. Because, yeah, come, they give it to me in an envelope. It comes every day. That was how I felt. And they're like, because there'll be times when you're not working. I was like, not me, man. <laughs> comes in not me, man. I got another movie right after this. That was the kind of inside confidence I had. Like, oh, oh I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Anyway, was that your question? Oh, my paycheck. Tiny. Yeah. Yeah, but but for me... Repetitively... For me, it's great. I'm living, I'm renting a room in a house, you know, like I've got, you know, it's the first movie. I know I'm doing another one after that. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. The next paychecks were a little bit bigger. And the one after that's a little, you know, they they grow because you get a quote. Not anymore. But, you know, you guys are paying me, right? Yeah. Not not anymore. Swag. I got this hat and these stickers. Yeah, you got the bonsai bowl hat, bro. Stickers and the bonsai bowl. I got it. How much is the gas? We have to wrestle first. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, so. (laughs) Who's on top first? I was like, are you kidding? I'm not going to fucking wrestle you, bro. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Yeah. So two movies started right off the bat within yeah. within a year. It was bang bang. God, dude. I was like, thrilled. And, and where... Think about all the people that... Nope. Get gonna, here. Don't make me think about them. <laughs> not going to think about them. But the, uh, you know, just to be on location somewhere out of state and get, like you said, the per diem and get set up. Like, how extravagant is... You said it was a really low-budget film in the, it was. In the freaking cornfield. Because SAG. Because yeah. SAG. Yeah. So, so when you told... When, you're, when you got your first part and you talk, called your dad and said, fuck... Bro, I'm going to do a movie, Dad. <laughs> you are? Yeah, I'm going to do a movie in Iowa, and then when I get back, I'm going to go do another movie in Chicago, in Illinois. He goes, how How did you do that? I go, I auditioned for him, and they gave him to me. Why? <laughs> he goes, did you wrestle somebody? He's like, well, I know, Don. He's like, why, would, why you? Yeah. I'm like, right? I, I don't know, Dad, I guess. That was the beginning of like, hey, Dad, I got a job. Why? why? How? <laughs> how? Why you? That was the beginning of the yeah. seeking parental... Acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. Seeking yeah. parental approval. Validation. That was the beginning of a long and painful <laughs> slog of seeking parental approval. Yeah. Well, here, you know, here he is, a businessman, professional, you know, banker. Yeah, you know, Hollywood. And, and he's like, like, my wait, my kids. Why well, my, my kids my just kids don't want to weird do, kid don't want to do what I do? Yeah. They don't want to drive an he, hour he, each he way. They don't want to do chores. Wear man. a suit every day. They go surfing. <laughs> I had great talk. I don't want to skip ahead of yeah. you, but I had great. My dad. I love my dad. He's still alive. We have the best relationship ever. But I mean, cool. there were times when, you know, it was tough. Yeah. You know. I can only imagine. Because I mean, yeah, he sounds like a buttoned up. He's an old school guy. Yeah. You know, he married my mom who was very liberal. But, you know, he's an, he's an old school guy, you know. And now he's super stoked and everything. But there was a time when he's like, yeah. well, you're traveling over here. You're living off this phony money. I don't know. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Like, everybody I talk to says, you, you better start cultivating other skills, you know. And I was like. Something to fall back on. Oh, how about telling your parents, yeah. at you 15, I'm going to be a pro yeah. surfer. They're yeah, like, wait, that, what? Like, huh? Is there such a thing? Uh, yeah. When I started <laughs> teaching surfing, because when I stopped acting, I couldn't get a job. And I was going, I was broke. I'd spent everything I ever ever made. And I had no skills, and I'm like, and I came up with this idea that I could teach surfing. <laughs> I thought I invented it, and I, I made up these little cards. And my, I told him, Dad, I'm going to be a surf instructor. And he's like, Is that a job? <laughs> how how are you gonna, what who are you going to teach how to surf? I don't. I don't <laughs> but anyway, that turned out it worked out for me pretty well for me too. Yeah, you awesome. just never know. Yeah. So your career got off to a pretty fucking it did. fast start. I had a fast start. Okay, so then, Children of the Corn, what, what was next, Lark? What was uh, next, John? The New Kids. Okay, yeah. That year, the next year, I did New Kids, Return of the Living Dead, yep. Shy People, and North Shore within like All within two, the, yeah. two or three years. Wow. There might have been a TV movie in there. So, when do you get coined as like an actor, like, oh, he did this horror movie, like, he's good for horror? horror. Like, do you... Do you Stereo- stereotype. Yeah, do you get like... No. You just... Each other. By who? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm not in the business anymore. Like, I don't have an agent or anything. Yeah. I stopped working twenty something years ago. Yeah. Started teaching surfing, got out of the business. You know, was just teaching. I've been teaching surfing full time for twenty years. You know, plus traveling. And then when I I got sober, and when I got sober, people would see me around. They go, "You're the guy that you did some movies in the '80s." Yeah, I did. I forget about it. And they're like, "Oh, will you do this little thing in this little thing I'm doing?" I'm like, "Yeah." I, do you still act? I would. Yeah. So every once in a while, because I got sober, I'll show up 
And I think some of them have been horror movies yeah. and some of them have been surf movies. Yeah, a lot I, of know, surf. I haven't done any more westerns. You know, yeah. no one's come up to me and gone, you're the guy in Tombstone in that western. Hey, we, I'm doing a western. Would you do my western? Yeah. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> would you do my I western? I still have this cowboy hat. Yeah, I got this hat from Sioux City, Iowa. Look at that. It's a Beaver 4X. <laughs> I remember I, I got back from a movie. Like, I, I'm at LAX. I go, Dad, I'm, I'll be the guy in jeans and a cowboy hat. I had a felt, you know, like blonde beaver 4X hat, you know, and I'm sitting there. And I was a punk kid. Before I started acting, all I would do would go to nightclubs. You know, when I was at US, USC, I would just go to these late night clubs and I was a disco fiend. And just dance and do drugs and get drunk and party all night long. So much fun. For three years in Hollywood, I was like... This is my fucking life. And then as soon as I graduated, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I can't do this What anymore. am I going to do now? You know, I got to do what pays money. You know, like I want I got to be an actor now. So I kind of put that stuff aside. Yeah. But that was my I lived to do that for a yeah. while. And then I'm coming. So I'm a poser. I'm into costumes. I'm into make believe. When I come home from the Midwest, I've got a Midwest accent. I've done two movies <laughs> in the Midwest. I got a cowboy hat on, you know, and I'm wearing tight jeans with boots. And my dad's like, John, you look really different. I go, do you like it? <laughs> He's like, I don't know if it's you. You know, my dad's so honest. He goes, I just don't know if it's you. And I go, well, I like it. Yeah. You know, I'm going on auditions and instead of, and I'm wearing like conservative cowboy shit. And I'm a surfer from PV. Who was, so a, who was a Hollywood dance club guy for were years. Were you surfing that whole time? Or no. You... Okay. I had, I put that away for a while. Put the surfing away for a while, and I just focused on the work. I didn't take up surfing again until I got North Shore. Yeah. Okay. Should we start talking about North Shore? Can if you want. Yeah. Okay. So, you. so what happened? I'm gonna get some water. Yeah. No okay. worries. No worries. What? Do you guys um, want anything? No. I'm we're good. good. Okay. Wow. North. North. We're up. We we made it to North Shore. <clears throat> you can. I mean, before I did North Shore, I did a couple other movies, but that doesn't, you know. No, I kind I kind of want to go through step by step of. Okay. Go ahead. So at. He said News Kids or something? The New Kids was a Sean Cunningham horror movie I did with Eric Stoltz and James Spader and Lori Loughlin. Oh, wow. Whose kids went to... I've got a picture of me choking her, and, and I put it up when she got arrested, you know, for sending her kids to USC. I was like, well, I know her. I mean, her husband was my fraternity brother. I was a fraternity. I was at a beta at USC, and people go, that's that's our... Your brother, my, you know, that's your brother's wife, John. <laughs> I'm trying, don't try to seek fame off her back. But I was like, you know, it's pretty cool. I went to USC and there's this girl that I was did a movie with and her kids wanted to go to USC. I don't know. I just like, look, I'm almost famous. <laughs> Six degrees of separation. Well, yeah. Right there. I mean, it was a Sean Cunningham movie. It never really hit big, but I fucking loved it. And I worked with James Spader and Eric Stoltz, who became That's lifelong fun. friends of mine. And it was awesome. I'd love to see that again. I think that's only on VHS and you can't get it. But Horror Freaks know it because Sean Cunningham did Friday the 13th, you know, owns that franchise. Yeah, he invested right. all his money, made a low-budget horror movie. Killed it. Never has to work again. Never. Damn. Okay. Killed it. And then, and then what? And then uh, what I might have done, uh, after that, I might have done Return of the, the Living, Living Dead, which yeah. is another horror movie. Now I'm getting nervous. Yeah. But um, I didn't understand. That movie sends me to hotels all over the United States with that cast a couple times a year and I just sit down and sign autographs with them. You still do that? What? Now more than ever. Yes. So I wow. make this, that is that's a weird part about horror. That is epic. That is an During epic Halloween thing. or what is it? It's all year round. We never we never sleep. We wait for Halloween. <laughs> the, the horror fans are my 
are my favorite. So I get, I'm in this movie. Chuck. I don't understand it. I'm playing Chuck. I'm with a bunch of punks. Zombies are coming out of the water. I'm soaking wet. There's a tar man. You know, a guy gets his head cut off and there's zombies and then we get killed, you know, at the end. But I'm in the movie from the beginning to the end. And I, I left there going, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I have no idea what that was, what I just did. I'm just trying to be like Robert De Niro, you know, or Mickey Rourke, you know. I'm trying to be, I'm a serious actor. And then when that movie comes out, it's a comedy. It's a broad zombie. Yeah. And it is the first comedy zombie movie ever made. And now it's a classic. Now it's a lifestyle. Comedy zombie movies are everywhere. But that was the first one. Dan O'Bannon, who wrote and directed that movie, created the genre. Wow. And it to create a genre in film yeah. is is very rare. He yeah. was a genius. And, and what I mean by that is an original thinker. Yeah. And he knew what he wanted. He put us all together. We auditioned the shit out to get that role. It was during a, an actor's strike. Jimmy Karen was in it and Tom Matthews, Brian Peck. I, Casey, I love these people now. They are yeah. my family now. Back then, I never saw them again for a year. The movie comes out. I'm like, holy shit, what is this? Punk rock comedy? Yeah. I'm like, I didn't know it was a comedy. Like, duh. <laughs> you know, other actors are like, you didn't know it was a comedy? comedy you know but now Dude. that movie i don't think about it for 20 years they go hey american cinematech's having a screener of return of the living dead you want to, will you come yeah sure whatever i go i drive into hollywood there's a line around the block there's hundreds of people like thousands and it's then another the, cult classic movie you're it, in. Yeah. it's the cult classic movie i'm in yeah. i mean if children of the corn is pretty cult classic right i yeah maybe i don't know but, but i mean i get that. flown with the cast to hotels Van to the convention room and sit at a table like this for three sign days autographs. and sign autographs and meet fans for money. You know, they pay for it. Yeah. And then we show the movie and we they ask us questions and we talk about it. It is something I had to learn to accept and to be good with. And now I fucking love it. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing it for about five years. Yeah. That's awesome. And I had to, maybe more, maybe 10 years. But yeah. I had to learn what that is. It's like, Meeting fans of the horror genre yeah. when in a movie you did 30 years ago is an acquired skill. Yeah. And I look. I remember going to a convention, sitting down next to Brad Dorif, who's one of my favorite actors in the world from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I'm going, that guy's an Academy Award winning actor. What are you here for? He's <laughs> got a picture of Freddie, that little mall. He's on the voice of Freddie. Wow. <laughs> I'm okay then. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Dude. I'm, I'm good with this. Can I give you an idea? Sit. Why don't you make that a business? That is a business. It's a right. huge cottage but, industry. But you have two other, at least, I mean, North Shore, you could do that same thing with the North I mean, Shore. Surfers aren't going to pay $10, you know, a penny to sign autograph on a turtle. I bet you could. I bet you could. I don't think so. I bet you could. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't do it. We're going to do a poll on the, on the uh, Late Night We're Talking yes. podcast and see if... Uh, I don't think so. But how... Surfing's a pretty small little... Yeah. Bro. Bro. We're, we're almost Tell there. You. We're almost okay. there. So then what happened? Then what movie next? Uh, Shy People. Shy People. Martha Plimpton. Patrick Swayze's brother. Don Swayze. Yes, I go... Andre Kondrowski. Don Swayze. Great guy. He's still alive. I love Patrick. I love Don. I've worked with Patrick twice and Don once. Pruitt Taylor Vince. I mean, great. You know, I'm in love I'm with I'm trying to think who that is. He's an actor? Don like... Swayze is an actor, yes. Okay. He's Patrick's brother. But uh, he's a cowboy skydiver. He like lost his foot skydiving. He's, an, he's the one who taught Patrick Swayze how to skydive for Point Break. His brother is a professional skydiver and an actor. But whatever, <laughs> do it. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jay. I went that way. Right into me. <laughs> you guys are 
COVID denier Orange County guy. Right? <laughs> yes, we are. COVID denier. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I want to talk about shy people. I mean, it was a great part. My, move, my agent goes, this is a movie star making role. Wow. A deep part, a hard part. I'm working with Barbara Hershey. She plays my mom, and she's fucking gnarly in it. Jill Clayberg's in it. I mean, a lot of these great actors were out in the Louisiana swamps. I'm an up-and-coming actor who's done a couple of horror movies, and I get a plum, serious, dramatic part with an Academy Award-winning Russian director, Andrei Konchalovsky. We get there, and I can't get the character. I just can't get it. I don't know. I'm like, I, I can just do this thing. You know, I studied parts. I did tons of study. I lived in the swamps, and we're shooting, and I'm like... He's not happy with my work. The director? Yeah. I have to do some serious dramatic scenes where I'm crying and screaming and yelling and I'm having emotional existential crises, you know, and family dramas. And I can't bring my real life to those emotional scenes and and come up with the serious goods that a, a talented actor could. You know, I'm not James Dean. And I realized that on that movie, fuck, I'm not pleasing the director. This is not, I'm sucking at this movie star making role I'm not gonna fucking it's not gonna work for me I can't fucking do it huh I know I can do it I know I can do it but why can't I bring it Ooh. to this moment yeah and it was the first time that it ever happened to me and I was like it was the first chink in my armor oh yeah and I and I but, but they I, made the movie oh the movie came out you can you can rent you can see it. you can see my work and you go oh I could see that John I could see why you think you didn't get that <laughs> yeah you didn't I mean I would have done it differently if I were you you could I mean you can see that and it was painful for me but it was the but that's a real check yeah you know I've seen I like so I like to go to movies I like to watch actors do something they can't do I mean great actors you know that yeah. was the first time you felt that's challenged that's the first time that I felt like I <clears throat> can't bring what I what needs to be brought yeah. to this moment yeah. on film yeah. I can't bring it it's like Nina and the Seagull like you have no idea what it's like to be acting and know you're doing it badly it's a horrible feeling and yeah. I, I knew it but I had to I had to build up a defensive wall to what say what was the director like, like? He's gnarly Russians like you know was he was he charming. telling you he was like, do it again. Don't do it like that. You know, like he was gnarly. Yeah. And I'm a young guy and I've got, def- I get defensive. I don't like to be told what to do. This is one of the, one of the reasons I didn't make it is, you know, that I'm not on a TV show right now or still working in films is because I was defensive and arrogant as a defense mechanism about my work. Nobody could tell me what to do. And I, I would get, I would be like, I'm just going to do it this way. And you know what? It's going to be great. You yeah. be happy with it. Don't you worry. You just go back and do what you do now. Let me do what I do. And I didn't have the intense amount of talent you need to hold that attitude. But I had the attitude. <laughs> the attitude will get you somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But it won't get gotta you. Got to deliver. It'll get you, you to the point where you got to deliver. deliver. If you don't deliver, studio execs are sitting back in a room in Hollywood and directors are going, can I fire him? Yeah. I want to fire him. I got yeah. 10 guys that are fucking squirting tears when I go squirt. <laughs> and they're just crying. Snot's coming out of their nose. They've got blue eyes, blue green eyes, yeah. little nose, because squirting tears. What, what is this fucking guy doing? Yeah. He just what costs he us $2,000 in film. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a 10000 Yeah, that's a fucking waste. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's happening back in these rooms, and you just feel it. You know when it's going good, too. You know, people yeah. are coming to you when. Things are going well on the set, and people are coming up to you like they they think you're cool. Hey, hey take, I think this guy's 
you know, what? how you doing? Hey, yeah. take one. You're like, yeah. I'm, I fucking nailed it. Uh, yeah. Take 10. Uh, look at this chair. We're going to tear it up, bitches. We're going to reshoot this day. Oh, fuck. But they we're going to hire you. We're going to hire you a vocal dialogue coach. Oh, fuck. Because you need extra help, kid. Because this money, this movie's important. Yeah, you need a tutor. So they went ahead and made the film with you. Made the film. Kept me. Didn't replace me. Made the film. Film came out. Film did okay. Did won an award at Cannes, you know, in France. He won an award. Barbara Hershey won Best Actress. Wow. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Shy people. Not my best work. Right after that, I get North Shore. But you just didn't get North Shore. You had to audition seven times to get North Shore. Oh! Research! Investigative reporter here, bro. We're fact checkers, bro. You're a surfer and you couldn't nail this first try? Nope. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, did you search out? Know. Did you search out this uh, part, or did this part come out like searching for you? Like, how did this go down? Okay, he so I come, know you nailed it. I come back from a sh- from a difficult experience on a film where the first chink in my armor when I went fuck, I couldn't do it, and I'm devastated about that. My agent's like, hey, there's this movie that came because he knows I didn't kill it. I'm sure people told him, John, I don't know about John. You know, I don't know. I didn't go, hey, does anyone complain about my work and yeah. shy people? I didn't I didn't have that kind of career. Like a, a real serious actor would have gone, hey, how, yeah. what's the, where, how are the dailies? What should I do different? How can you help me? I want to kill, I want to do this as best as it can be done. You know, I wasn't that guy. I was like, fuck, you got yeah. that. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll make it work in the editing room. Yeah. Make it work. There's good shit in there. Yeah. You'll find Cut, it. print. I trust it's you. It's a wrap. I'll trust you. You'll find it. Yeah. yeah. Get to work in the room. Fucking dick. You know, please, can I fire him? Anyway, I'm back. And and the, my agent goes, hey, they're making a surf movie. You wanna, they want to see you. It was the guy that who directed Grandview USA, the first movie I ever got hired to do, where I played a handicapped guy yeah. and was in character the whole time. It was a method actor job, and I nailed it. And that director goes, we're looking for a surfer. I know you surf. Don't you surf? And I'm like, yes. Okay, you want to come in and read for this part? Here's the script. It's it's, it's Randall Kleiser, who directed Grand USA and who's producing North Shore. I read the script. Turtle. Surf's pipeline. I'm like, yes, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. When, okay, good. Come in. I'm like, not only, I, I need to do this. I'm perfect for this. This yeah. is my part. This is my part. Yeah. Come in. This is fucking my Yeah, I surf. I read this part. The guy's supposed to speak pigeon. I don't know how to speak pigeon. You know, I'm like... I read this part, and now bear in mind, I've just come back from Louisiana. You know, I'm white, I'm pasty, I've got reddish hair. You <laughs> and know, you're using that. They're twang. looking for a bl- yeah, with a Midwestern drawl. I'm using my Louisiana. I'm talking like this, and they're like, Nah, I don't see it. I go, Wait, 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 no, I I surf. I well, let's go give you a surf test. We go out to do a surf test. Some guy has to film me doing a surf test. And like I'm, I go, Yeah, no, I've been surfing all my life. I go running into the water, trip. <laughs> The board like flips sideways, hits me in the balls. Fuck off. On film, I lie down. I'm like, let's reshoot that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Not reshoot that. In fact, erase that. You know, I go out and I can surf. You know, I can barely remember. I surf, stand up, go at an angle, kick out. So, okay, yeah, he can surf, but he he doesn't, not convincing as a surfer. I go into audition again. (laughs) Don't see it. Come into audition again. Take your shirt off, John. Take my shirt off. Come I'm wrestle. Like, they don't see it. I, my agent, they don't see it. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I was born to play this part. I can, I will have the pigeon. I'll, I'll, they can dye my hair blonde if they need a blonde. 
right? Yeah, they need a blonde. I go, well, they fucking dye my hair blonde, but I will, I can do this part. I'm begging to go back in. Yeah. I read, I go back in twice more, two wow. more times. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I will do anything for this part. And they're like, okay, Randall Kleiser, who directed Granville and saw me play a retarded guy, challenged guy, and saw me be a method actor in character the whole time. He goes to the director, Bill Phelps, I think John can do it. He can do what we want him to do. You just have to give him a chance. Let's send him over there, and he will find that character. I promise wow. you. I've what seen a him trip! My hero. What a full circle right there. The first gig you got. From, from the first job yeah. I got. Right. Same guy. So he's the producer? He's the producer. He's the writer-producer, and he's hired his friend. He Bill. wrote it. Yeah, he's okay. one of the writers on it. There's two writers on it, but he's a writer-producer. And he hired his friend, Bill Phelps, who developed it. And they've been researching. They've been working on this script for a year in Hawaii with Brian King and other surfers to get local color. And they send me over. I get the fucking part. I got the part. I'm like, fuck. Now I got to become Hawaiian, you know, yeah. a, a white Hawaiian local. Yeah. You know, then the work begins. And I didn't, and I got picked up at the airport. Did you want to hear this story? Or I don't know what you guys want to talk about, but. Everything. I love it. Okay, so I get. Look, are you kidding? This is the part I've wanted more than anything, strictly because Turtle Surf's Pipeline. Yeah. I'm like, because I, first time I went to the North Shore Surf Pipeline, I was like, Pipeline's the coolest thing in the world for a surfer, you know. To surf, you know, to, to get to do. Now I'm an actor who remembers that he used to surf, and now I get to play a surfer. It's been a while, but I, you know, they don't believe I can do it. <laughs> so I'm like, I go over there, and the guy picks me up from the airport, and you know, he's Hapa Howley, you know, he's kind of got blonde hair, but he's Chinese wine, you know, and he's uh, kind of slurs his words and stuff. And you know, we're in the car and we're driving. He goes, "Do you know how to pronounce that sign?" You know, and I'm like, "Likey, likey, leaky, leaky." And I'm like, are you the guy I'm supposed to play in Turtle? And he goes, yeah, I guess. Wow. Like, so they so wait, a, they modeled this character after you? He's like, yeah, yeah, I guess. I go, and so what are you now? You're a PA? You're, he goes, yeah. Are you a PA on the movie? He's like, yeah. I go, dude, you're living with me. I We're going to live together so and work on this part. there was a fucking person Brian modeled King. after. Yes. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm serious. That is incredible. He's real. And he, he's got, you know, he's an artist, man. So this is Brian King's trajectory. He becomes this great surfer. They come over. They find him. He's an interesting character. The writers just pick his brain for six months. He takes them everywhere. He introduces them to Charlie Walker, the sander, who's the other aspect of my character. Charlie Walker's a backyard sander, lives at Sunset, insane big wave surfer, kind of crazy guy, awesome family man now, but back in the day, a legend. A legend back then. Yeah. And Brian King is this amazing South Shore guy, but he's an artist and he's funky and he introduces him to this whole surf culture and gives them ideas. What's interesting about the hooey? What's what's interesting about learning how where to be position yourself? Yeah. And he talks funny and he talks different. And you know, he was making up slogans and words. He's an artist. His life is, you know, after North Shore, let's say, he goes to Berkeley, studies art, then moves to New York and is an artist in New York City, sees the towers come down, moves back to Hawaii, and goes back to making surfboards. And now he makes surfboards at the Sugar Shack in Waialua. Brian King, he glasses like John John's. He glasses the best boards for the best surfers in the world, in my opinion, North Shore surfers. He makes their boards. He glasses them. Now he makes his own boards. Flynn Novak, I think, rides his boards. He's got his own little thing going. So you know? Brian yeah. King is the character Turtle. Brian King is the character Turtle. And with a little Charlie Walker in there. Charlie Walker's a sander. Brian King is a glasser. Charlie's a sander. We shot at Charlie's place. Charlie taught me how to sand. Charlie is still sanding boards at the sugar mill. 
Brian King is still glassing boards at the sugar mill. What wow. a fucking trip. Yeah, but Brian King Dude. left, went to Berkeley, yeah, graduated, went to still, New York, yeah. worked for Interview Magazine, artists got to know everybody, Larry Clark and all the kids, Harmony Kareen. Cool, he was a cool dude. Towers come down, he's like, fuck this. Yeah. Back to Hawaii, on the North Shore, making surfboards. So Brian King. That's a Brian, story in itself. That's Brian a full King, circle story again. Yeah, like, Brian King crazy. created, you know, like, not Barney, you know, not even, like all these things that we use today, like we don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. But that's the first times I've ever, I don't think, I think anyone had ever heard them used. Ah, this is and so And those bad. were his words that the writers are just like, this guy's funny. Yeah, because they have yeah. an idea. They don't they're, know. They don't know slang. They, they don't know, know anything. So the they, movie. And he was an influence on the movie. Yeah. The, the movie is, owes a lot to this one dude. Yeah. They're, <laughs> right? Of course, yes. That's crazy. So you, you realize my well. Let's put it this way: my character owes everything to the, to him. And right. Charlie but Wilson. the movie itself. Yes, yeah, that's in, right. In, he informed the. In screen. our minds, the fucking movie could have been called Turtle. Well, am I wrong? Am I, I, am I right? I mean, it's a. It I mean, come on. I mean, it's about a guy, Rick. Kane, you know, but like Rick Kane's character is bland compared to who a turtle could have been. Colorful yes, turtle. it's a very colorful character, right? That yeah. I got to. But what's funny is you realized right off the bat, getting off the plane, getting in the car, talking to the guy. Here's my guy. You went, bam! This is fucking turtle. What happened to me in Louisiana is not going to happen to me here. Yeah. Because yeah. you got the Here's my fucking inspiration. Study, character study. Yeah. yeah. And through that screen, we lived, we moved into this house I rented. We were supposed to be in the hotel at Turtle Bay, right? I'm like, this sucks. I'm not going to learn anything here. I'm going to take this money. And I'm going to rent a house. The, re- the house I rented was where, is where John John Florence, you know, mom lives now. It's where he grew up. Before John John Florence lived in that house, Jamie O'Brien lived in that house with his dad, Nico. Before they lived in that house... I lived in that house with Brian King. <laughs> I rented the gray house next to the lifeguard tower where, at Aokai Beach Park. Where the his house. dad lives now. Well, now I think uh, Alex, you know, John John's mom lives there now. Okay. Whatever okay. kids who live still live in that house. I don't Got know it. that John John probably bought the, the North Shore. I hope he did. <laughs> I hope he bought a couple of lots, man. But, yeah, I mean, but that's where he grew up surfing. You know, that's the yard. You, they still film it. You know, they walk down the thing. Yeah. There's Pipe. Before that, Jamie O'Brien was walking down the shore. Now Jamie lives at, you know, the peak at Pipe. At Pipeline Alley, but whatever, I lived in that house and studied that role with Brian King, saying literally, "How do you say this line?" Yeah, and he would say it, and I go, "Say it again, say it again." And we go onto the set, and I go, "Read this again." He'd read it, and I go, "Okay, okay, hold on." I'd go and shoot it, come back. How was I? Nah. <laughs> you didn't really have the try it, you know, like. And I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." I go out, so I really, really. He was your your coach. He was my coach. You know, he what a trip. he really walked it, me through that role. It's crazy how funny, dedicated you are to your to the craft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you. Same thing with Brian Holt. Like we, it was surprising to hear how dedicated it was to the craft. I was very impressed with and, his dedication. Yeah, to the craft. What, what you're telling us today, it's like fuck. You know, like. This is big. I mean, it's your job on the line, and you know they invest. They I, put your person, and that's yeah. hard work. It's gotta be stressed. Dude. I mean, you know what I mean. You're Fine. putting yourself through so much like anxiety. Am I going to get this right? Am yeah, I going to get I this right? I think there is a lot of anxiety involved. I had just come off a thing where I you, sucked, yeah felt bad and about. I felt bad about it, and I was like, I can't, I don't, I can't live that way. Yeah, I can't live like that. Yeah. How so lucky. this was like I am all in. Yeah. 
I am just back with that enthusiasm of youth. I am all in. Okay. This guy, I'm, I'm hanging out at the park at Aokai, you know, the, where they take a shower behind the lifeguard yeah. tower at Pipeline. I'm just spending hours there listening, so, to, the so listening to the Hawaiians. La- Laura and I were talking about how we were going to talk about North Shore. Oh, yeah. And we're, we're like, dude, how fucking crazy is it that he, you know, read the script and he, like, sees, like, you know, the characters and the other, the, the real surfers. Uh, Mark Ocaluca, who's, who's going to fill, who's going to play Mark Ocaluca? Oh, Mark Ocaluca's going to play himself. Uh, Robbie Page Rob, and Jerry Lopez. Jerry, oh, like They're going to play themselves. Because you're a surfer, right? Who did Robbie Page play? What the fuck's his name? Alex! Alex. Oh, yeah, that's Why? Right. <laughs> Why is he named Alex? I don't know. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you have to yeah. ask Robbie Page. Hockey's hockey. Come yeah. in the pool, Alex. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, but... But, you know, going back to it, it's like, fuck, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure you you weren't fanning out, but were you kind of fanning oh, out? Oh, yeah, I was. Right? Like, Oh, yeah. Jerry like, Lopez. Holy shit, Jerry Lopez. I'm at lunch with Jerry Lopez, you know, and Laird Hamilton and Derek Ho, like, we're eating, like, clean chicken, you know, Eddie Rothman's, we're going to the gym, you know, I'm like... I am fanning out huge, man. Yeah. These are my fucking heroes. Yeah, yeah. And so when we're out, we're, me and Matt are out to lunch with Jerry and Laird. Those guys are best friends at the time. You know, like, just they grew up together just laughing and telling jokes. And they're so funny. And me and Matt are just like, <laughs> we're just laughing. We're like Groms on a surf trip with Groms. you guys when you were young. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're in the front. You're fucking cracking jokes. And the little kids in the back are just laughing. They don't, you can't even talk. You know, they're, you know they're just fucking gromming out. We were gromming out on those guys. Gosh. Huge. Because, you know, when you think about all the different scenes, the the Halloween party, like how fucking, how stoked were you to be part of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Total, I mean, I was working at the time, I must say, you know, so it's a little different. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to learn this character. I, I didn't have the character at first. You know, it took me a, long, a while, but by the time we shot the first day, I had it. So... Now I've got it. I've got this character I'm playing, and I'm into it. You know, Brian King is is around. We're shooting. There's a lot of drama going on, but I am still 100% starstruck on the cast. Yeah. And I'm surfing pipeline with the cast. Yeah. You know, like I only work three days a week, so four days a week I'm rehearsing with a prop surfboard on the set pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> I broke six boards. They're making special boards for Turtle to surf at Pipe in his scene. I broke six of them. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing wrong? I don't know, man. Pipeline breaks boards. You yeah. know, it's gnarly. Uh, well, sure. don't go out anymore. Go, I need to rehearse a few, few more. I need to rehearse. Yeah. Look, I'm an actor. I need a prop to rehearse my scene. Snap. <laughs> Finally, we had to go to Hollywood and buy a board off the racks that was cured and everything. But they made, you know... But that's and I'm I'm working with like guys are helping me learn how to surf pipeline. Yeah, because pipes For not an easy. Scene. Yeah, it was a dream come true. Are you goofy foot too? I am goofy nice, foot. Nice dude. So I was thrilled. It was a time of my life. Yeah. And I was on such a high because I had this character, and I was like, I've got it back, and so I'm loving. You know. So I'm loving it. Let's. Let oh, me ask you this. Wait, wait one sec. Did they make you surf pipeline at like ten foot? There did you have to? Did you have to go surf like? I surfed pipeline at ten foot. They didn't make me. No, but you know what I mean. Like, did you? Did they say, "Hey, we're gonna film this scene and we need you out there"? Yeah, <laughs> without yeah. a doubt. It's like today we're shooting. We're shooting out a pipe. I think that I had two days where they were filming with Don King's filming. You know, and yeah. Sonny Miller might be on land. Don's in the water. 
there's a jet ski, there's a hooey guy out with me to, to explain to everybody that when I paddle for a wave, here, raise your hand, turtle. <laughs> Dye blonde hair, spray on tan. When this guy paddles for a wave, nobody Back paddles. off. Everybody if, back off. If anybody paddles for a wave that this guy paddles for, I'm going to break your finger. Yes. If it happens twice, I'm going to clear the water. So he goes on whatever wave he wants, then we're out of here. All right, turtle, call your wave. <laughs> it was on the day that that it was about you know a small pipe, yeah. small kind of pipe. But that's yeah. cool. Like you know, I just think that's like incredible, how, dude. How they're gonna like, you know, did they clear? You know, exactly. Clear right. The they water, did not clear did the they water wait for the day. They just said, you know, hey. Well, like, they needed it to look real. Yeah. With people they out did there. Not clear the water. In fact, you can see I run a guy over on my one wave at pipe. I just run him just just his feet, just to tag him. But um. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he, I got to go on, I play, he gave me like six waves that day, and then wow. one other day I got, he, you know, someone was in the water, and they gave me a couple waves, but I was out there every other day training. Did you get barreled and come out? No shit, what do you do with pipe? <laughs> of course you didn't get barreled and come out. That's what we like to A lot hear. of times I purled on the drop, a lot of times I didn't make it out of the barrel, but a lot of times like, I learned how to surf pipe that year, and it was really fun. That's incredible. How long did it take to film? North Shore took, I think, six weeks on the North Shore, and then we did some reshoots. We came back because they recast the female lead, Nia People. Oh, they, that's they right. They recast her with Nia Peoples, and sh- we had to reshoot some scenes. And they called me. I was in. I stayed there. I was like, cool. Film's over. That was awesome. I love you guys. I'm just going to stay here and serve pipe because I made some friends. Yeah. Cut my blonde hair off, shaved my head, living on the North Shore, in my house at Pipeline. Phone rings. Hey, we need to come back and shoot some scenes. You know, okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm still here. Actually, <laughs> like, okay, great. So we're gonna come back. And these are your dates of shooting date. Great, but I just want to let you guys know, I cut all my hair off. Like, oh my I go, god! I cut my hair off. I'm like, UK, you need to fly to Los Angeles and get a wig fit for you. You need to leave tomorrow. So I fly back to Los Angeles for a like, fucking wig. They have to fit me with a wig. Oh my! Fly me back to Hawaii. Which so, parts were that? All the parts with the girl. I noticed it. The... Yes. So there'll be a scene where it's a shot on me, and I'm I've got my normal hair, and I'm in good shape. My my face is clear. I'm talking to Matt or something, and then they'll cut to Matt, and then they'll cut back to me and Nia Peoples, and I've got a wig on. I've gained 20 pounds, and I have a sty in my eye. Oh. I'm like, how can they not see? But that just goes to show you. You know, people, once they see a character, they just go with the character, yeah. you know, like, they forget okay, that, that's him. Else. They're not thinking about, like, John looks different. That yeah. bear yeah. looks different. He's, and he's got a sty in his eye, and he looks now like he's gained a little it. weight. Now we, I gotta watch it tonight. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, so, no, you critique, don't. So, but yeah, there's scenes back and forth, like, wig, sty. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. As God is my witness, I think North Shore is the best fucking Hollywood movie ever made. Right, but, 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 it's pretty fucking campy and really hokey, right? Yes. But it's amazing. But that's why it's got the charm and and the. Let me finish. When you first, when you first read the script, what were your thoughts? God, because I'm a surfer, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I read this thing, and me and Matt, I'm going, "What the fuck? This is so. I don't. How are we gonna go home and be surfers? You know, like." This is not, and, and the directors and producer everyone goes, listen, and Jerry Lopez, who's been an actor before, he goes, you guys, Jerry would say this, we're not making this for surfers. 
Yeah. You got to understand, we're making this movie for Iowa. Yeah. You know, we're making this movie for people that never surfed and never will surf. Yeah. That's who we're making it for. So don't get all wrapped up in it's got to be real and gnarly. Yeah. This is an entertainment for mainstream entertainment for people that don't surf. Yeah. Jerry said it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Jerry. Thank you. Okay. So yeah. we're not going to feel bad. We're just going to go all in. I think the reason that North Shore had, became what it became is because all the actors, it's a, it's a different time, were sincere. Yeah. We're innocent. Yeah. There's no sarcasm. There's no cynicism in that movie. You know, Matt Adler's comp- 100% sincere. Yeah. And, yeah. and he is a surfer, right? Yeah, he's a total surfer. I, go surf- I went surfing with him last week at Point Doom. Guys, awesome. We go surfing together. It's so much fun because we'll see Sam George. He goes, I love seeing you guys together. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sam, how's it going, man? He's like, I love seeing you guys together surfing. Yeah. And it's really, you know, we it's fun for us. It's it, he, Matt quit surfing for 20 years after that movie. Wow. So I had a great experience, right? But like you said, Matt Adler, he did not have a great experience making that movie. I'm using it like, oh, I get a, I got a, I come down to Huntington and try to get some black flies, you know, like until they're like, no more for you, bro. What you did a one movie like 20 years ago? Fuck off, you know? What, who you just giving them to your friends for Christmas presents? Get out of here! I, I'm like trying to collect swag, you know, based on that one little part. Matt's like quit surfing. Why? As a, you know, surfing world looked at, you know, he let us say put did it he, this way, he's did, the face of Kook Slams. Yeah. Okay. I go, Matt, you're the face of Kook Slam. So when I turn on my phone, I see a picture of your face yeah. from North Shore. And the next thing is this, this website called Listen to Turtle, which is based on North Shore fans. And it uses my character's face. And then my face <laughs> from Listen to Turtle. It's the coolest. He goes, but is that, is that, a, is that cool? Or I go, yeah, it's totally cool. Yeah. What do you mean? It's your fucking face from a movie on Kook Slams, which everybody watches. He goes, yeah. yeah. Rick but anyway, Kane. Yeah, you're Rick Kane, you're bitch. Rick, I'm Rick Kane, <laughs> I'm Rick bitch. Kane, bitch. That, that's, a sh- that's the coolest shirt I've ever that's seen. coolest shirt I'm ever. Rick Kane, bitch. You know, I worked for DDS back then when we you did that did? shirt. You did? Yeah. I do give anything. I fucking bummed I don't shirts. have that shirt anymore. Oh. oh. We, we yeah. might have to dig in the archives for that. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I, I wanted to talk about was how campy and, and kitschy oh, yes, that campy, movie was. Kitschy, yes. And, 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 you know, you are a fucking, you're a theatrical actor, but then you want this movie so bad because you are a surfer, but then when you read it, you're like, yep, eh. We're like, but fuck you. it, you know? Hey. And then Jerry yeah, Lopez I'm gonna, became the voice of reason, which is amazing. Jerry Lopez hey. has become the voice of reason a couple times. Once he said, hey guys, don't worry. Isn't this cheesy? Aren't we going to be like, aren't the surfers? And he's like, dude, we're not making this for surfers. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to understand, we're making this for the Midwest. doesn't surf. Yeah. People and don't surf. To hear don't that Matt Adler took it the way you guys thought, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, he was a lead actor. He'd done, he'd done like big movies and he was getting leads in films. And like the next movie he did was like Diving In or something. He was a teen throb. You know, he was in Tiger Beat, you know, Matt yeah. Adler. Then he's a lead of this movie, which didn't do well, right? Then that's probably what hurt, you the know, movie didn't because do well. it didn't and come he's out the as lead. a box office hit. Yeah, so it didn't come off as a box office hit. Plus, you know, you get that little stigma of like, you know, maybe you think surfers don't think you're cool because, yeah. like, I mean, you know Huntington, what Huntington is like back in the 90s? I remember I did a, I did a commercial for MTV where me and Jamie Brissick are surfers on the longboarder. He's a shortboarder. Remember MTV? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he cuts me off and he goes, wow, it's really cool to music and... I come in and I throw my board and he looks at me, he gives me a smile and I look at him 
and we realize at that moment we kind of love each other. And then the, at the end, we're walking into the sunset holding hands. And surfers go down to the Huntington like after that movie's that that commercial blasts called Freedom is blasts on MTV, and the surfers like, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> holding hands and then the fuck is that supposed to mean? It, it means you're gay, dude. <laughs> What do you mean? I mean, yeah. so it's not like, you know, I love surfing and yeah. I surfing's done everything for me. But there, some people have an opinion about yeah. entertainment that in, that involves surfing. Yeah. Hollywood doesn't make reality. Hollywood makes fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood isn't a document. It's not it's a not documentary. A, no. And even a, it's not a, re, you know, reality shows aren't even real. Hollywood films are are studio approved formulas yeah. that are, are designed to appeal to a mass audience. Surfing yeah. is this... The, the you endemic need a bully, surf. you need a love story, you need yeah. a quirky, you need you know, a villain. You need, yeah, yeah, you need you gotta a have a villain. <laughs> yeah, you know, so there. Hear that you know, Surfing's this big, right? So I mean, the, the so North Shore transcends the brand, so yeah, to speak. For sure. So yes, we're as a surfer, we're like, mm, and still every once in a while I'd be like, mm, yeah, this this, you know, surfers are like when when I felt accepted by Hawaiians when I went back to film Point Break and I, I didn't know because North Shore was never you know I forgot about it after yeah. I made it, but I go back to film. Point Break with Brian Kilon and stuff, where and surfers are fucking stoked to see me. Yeah, yeah. because it's I, the first movie about their backyard, yeah. and they yeah, it's a it's a Hollywood film, but it's a Hollywood film that they are glad, glorifying yeah. Yeah. their land, yeah. their fucking their yard. It's funny because yeah. you know, depending who you talk to, and most of the people that I talk to say that that movie, you know, as campy as it is, it got it fucking spot on. Thank That's you, you know what I mean. Those writers, yeah, those writers and that director just goes, "Hey, let's just do, shoot it straight." Yeah, it was. It's and you and look at the cast: Eddie Rothman, yeah, McCuis is in it. What's funny? Brian Kilana, Terry Ahui. What's funny is like people that I know that didn't grow up on the beach, didn't grow up surfing. It's one of their favorite fucking movies. You know, yeah. I have a, a couple guys. You you know them too. I think this guy Raul Pinto and. Um, and he's from like I forget where, but they live in Colorado, and um, they used to have North Shore parties, and you know have beer parties and pizza parties, and everybody like plays a fucking part, and like God bless them. yeah yeah <laughs> tell them I love them yeah I mean that is gift that has been a gift that keeps on giving in my life yeah, yeah. I checked out of it didn't hear about it for twenty years same thing twenty five years later there's a screening someone organizes I go well, who's gonna want to see this yeah. Yeah. line around the block bro I was like, you, whoa cult, North Shore became a cult movie but, it's but a you, cult movie it became a, a cult movie you know five or eight or ten years after it was released in theaters when is when it became like. Popular on the not the, for fifty yeah ten years ten, ten years, years after ten yeah. years after on TV on VHS. TV VHS yes. it becomes it's like, on every weekend yeah they never made a sequel to that right no they didn't yeah. what what kind of it's like not a Point Break <laughs> was that part of like your contracts and residual like on VHS plays yeah I mean and, SAG a SAG contract when when you sell a a piece of work that you've done yeah. to a subsequent market like a network television or a cable, yeah. or an HBO, or you make a, somebody orders a certain amount of DVDs, you get a percentage of your salary. It decreases as the years go by. It decreases as the subsequent market, you know. Even though it might be buys. just getting replayed a million times, it's just like, it yeah. buys. I, I, yeah. Wait, are you asking me if I still get residuals? Yeah. From the movie? From the movie? Yeah. I get, I do. Wait, 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 let me take a picture of this. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> everyone now, so you like, might have to curve. I'm not like, like Matt Adler. I mean, Matt Adler's a voice actor. You know, he goes to his mailbox and he's got, oh, 150. Is this mailbox, buddy? Mail. He's got <laughs> he's got 150 residual checks in his mailbox every day from oh, segments. Oh my God. Whereas I'm, he has I I just I was in a couple of movies, so that's the kind of thing I get my mail. Oh. <laughs> Wait, 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 because you know that's a question asked all the time. Yeah. Dude, you still get residual <laughs> back in the 80s? Why, yes, I do. <laughs> in fact, I found one I haven't cashed yet right here. That is incredible. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Hey, time to party. So, it's... You're saying it's corny, it's campy, but it's real. Yeah. But as time has gone by, a lot of your friends have said, like, but it, even though it's corny and it's campy, it's... It's more real than any movie I've ever seen made yeah, about yeah. that. So after North Shore. After North Shore. What, after, what happened? Uh, after I filmed it. Yeah. What, what movie? After we did the reshoots. Yeah. Am I supposed to know what movie I did after that? <laughs> Dude, do I have to look up my own fucking resume? On yeah, that? you do. What happened after that? Did you... Oh, you know what happened after North Shore? I had to... I got a phone call from shy people saying, we want to dub your voice. If you don't come and work with a, an actor, you know, a voice actor, to change your dialect to make it better, we're going to use another actor to dub it. I'm like, my agent's like, I go, fuck it, use another actor to dub it. So I've got an attitude now because I fucking, I know I killed it on North Shore. And they're like, my agent's like, John, don't be that way. Yeah. Go and do the best you can. Learn from the... It's one of the best vocal coaches in the world. Probably the you know the guy that did Tom Hanks for, you know, Life Like a Box of Chocolates. You know, that yeah. that level, you know. Because yeah. they this is an Academy Awarding director and they want to change my performance in the looping room, in the, in the dialogue room. And I'm like, okay. I go over there and he's trying to help me. So is this movie already... Shy People's in the box. You know, I did North Shore right after I did Shy People. Yeah. But movies take nine months in post-production to come out. they got to do every line of dialogue. they got to do color correction. They do, you know, post-production is a long process for films. So, so I've already to... finished filming North Shore, and I've come over to do the voice re you know, replacement, ADR, aut automated dialogue replacement, for Shy People, which is the movie that I did not yeah. do the best, my best work in. Yeah. So they, they wanted you to go over all the speaking parts? Yeah, you always have to do, in every movie you do, you okay. have to redo your dialogue six months later what when they've got the final cut and you've got to redo it in a, in a studio on, with a mic and a little thing goes, deet, deet, deet. Then you say your line. You what know? a trick. Every, every actor does. And then they match that up to the video. And they, they, they plug that into the film. Yeah. Damn, that's extra work right there. That is right. That is right. That is another... Sometimes it's thrown into your contract. You will give them three days of dialogue replacement, ADR, yeah. you know. But so not always. It's so interesting, though. They could, they could smoke and mirrors behind the you know, editing bay and make it all sync up. Yeah, so they ended up using my voice. You know, I studied with the guy. I did the best I could. I tried not to have a bad attitude, but yeah. I was butt sore about that. Yeah. 
It's well, good that you swallowed your pride and, and learned something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had so, enough humility to listen to professionals yeah. and try to help them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I had yeah. a bad attitude. But you worked with some, I mean, an insanely high caliber, like... Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Andre Konchalovsky. Catherine Bigelow. Like, these are Academy Award winning directors who, you know, Steven, Catherine, who look at me in a room and go, I want him to do the part in my movie that, you know, is going to be the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Because everyone's thinking that, you know, like this. Yeah. They don't know if it's going to be the best thing they've ever done, you know. And I'm like, fucking, I, I get to work with Spielberg, you know. Catherine yeah. Bigelow, like, Point Break was fucking, when she did Hurt Locker, I was like, you know, I, we could tell, you know. She's the same person that did Point Break? Yeah. Hurt Locker? The woman that won the Academy Award for Hurt Locker is beat James Cameron, her husband, because he did Avatar, the most expensive movie ever made. Oh, my God. His ex-wife. His ex-wife <laughs> is also nominated for Best Director for this low-budget independent war film, you know. And she won. Starring Jeremy Renner called Hurt Locker, and yeah. she won. Wow. I'm like, that's a fucking talented, act, you know, director. Yeah. And that's a woman who came onto the set and said, I think, you know, came to the studio and said, Keanu Reeves is going to be a movie star. I will make him a movie star. I'm going to cast him as a lead opposite a movie star, Patrick Swayze, and he's going to kill it. He's the one. They're like, what are you talking about? The guy's looking, sounds like a dumb stoner. <laughs> it seems no, so, so he, vanilla and like he can, Yeah, he can play a violent FBI action hero. Okay. I'm going to make a movie. So, so she, that's kind of vision she has. Yeah. She takes Bill and Ted's excellent adventure guy <laughs> and makes him a movie star with Patrick Swayze. And that, so because of Keanu's work in that movie, he got Speed. Speed was huge. Oh, and he's he a, got he's a the, Matrix. the Matrix and yeah. now he's... He's got his own cult following. John Wick. John Wick. Yeah, Yeah, Keanu's got his own cult following. Yeah, yeah. That's an understatement. But this show's not about... Okay, it's not about Keanu. (laughs) It's not about Keanu. What is it? It's about John... Okay. Turtle. John Turtle Philbin. Is that my nickname? Uh, We're going to dub... There goes Jay. going out again. We're going to dub you that, if you don't mind. No. So... I like it. It's a compliment. So what happened after North Shore, you did the, the redubbing... Of uh, what was your next movie? Okay, according to my filmography, <laughs> I did this movie called Undercover. Well, yeah, cops. You know, like a friend of mine. This guy's a pretty good story. This guy, John Stockwell, who directed Blue Crush, and hired me as my first movie, you know, consultant job. I taught Kate Bosworth how to play a surfer for Blue Crush, which is another Universal surf film. Yeah, it follows a lot like North Shore. Kids over the North Shore. She wants to surf pipeline. Hits her head. And has to compete, you know, with women out of pipeline. There's a similar story, but Claude Alexander's in and all. They got all these gnarly guys yeah. and stuff. There's the there's that. Were you in the movie, or were you just no? Consulting? I just am the I'm just the surf instructor for got Kate it. Bosworth. Got it. Okay. But I got that movie in Malibu because I was teaching surfing. And John Stockwell goes, "Dude, you were in North Shore and Point Break. Will you? You know, he hired me to teach it. But that's not the story you want to hear. So on John Stockwell's very first movie he ever got to direct because he's he's one of the main actors in Top Gun. His, you know, he's 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 a main pilot in Top Gun. He he gets killed, but he's fucking. A, he's he's goose. To, no, he's not goose. Okay, that's Anthony Edwards, another friend of mine from USC. But that doesn't matter. I'm not dropping names here. This is about me. So so yeah, John Stockwell gets undercover. And he hires a friend of mine from acting school. I I studied acting with Peggy Fury, and it was really important to me. And there were a lot of great actors in the class, and David Nydorf was one of them. He gets his first film undercover with John Stockwell, and he says, I know who I want to play my friend. He's in my class. He's a good actor. His name's John Philbin. And they gave me that bone. 
So I get to do this little part to play a cop, an undercover cop in a movie called Undercover. I do get killed in it, but, I, but I'm pretty good in it. But the movie didn't do Jennifer Jason Lee's in it. I got to meet Jennifer Jason Lee, and then I subsequently went on to do another movie with her. But David Nardorf went on to do like a Spielberg film after that, and he, he got in uh, Hoosiers. He's a main part in Hoosiers, oh, wow. so he's working with Dennis Hopper. You know, and Dennis Hopper won an Academy Award for his scene he did with David Nidorf, who plays his son in Hoosiers. So David gave me that part. I'm forever grateful. So uh, after that, I did the boost. You know, the boost is with James Woods. Yeah. And uh, it's about cocaine addiction. Okay. And Sean Cunningham, Sean, Sean, I can't remember her name. She's so beautiful. Anyway, this is the most beautiful girl in the world, and James Woods. So I'm doing scenes, but I am playing a surfer. I played another surfer smoking a joint on the beach with James Woods in the boost. That was fun. We shot it at zeros. You know, here's an example. Like, I think I'm a pretty fucking big deal, you know? And I get this one scene part with James Woods. Yeah, James Woods. It's cool. I want to do it. Stoner surfer. I want to do it. I'm a surfer who smokes pot. and So in order to study for this role, because i got to study for every role because I'm a method actor, I go down to Puerto Escondido with Matt Adler, and I, I'm sober. And, I, and this is a movie about a guy getting sober off cocaine. And I rewrite the whole scene, and I write it down really closely, and I get to the set, and I do a rehearsal with James Woods. We're rehearsing on the beach, just rehearsing. We start talking, and we say the exa- all the things I said in my rewrite, we say. And then it comes time to shoot it, and they're like, just stick to the script. And I'm like, I never memorized the script. You never fucking memorized the script? So I'm like mumbling. I'm trying to think of what the <laughs> script was, because I, I rewrote it, but... I'm not allowed to rewrite the scene. Yeah. That's not my job. James hasn't memorized my lines. You know, he's memorized the scene from the script. The writers, the other directors say, what's just fucking say the line from the script? It's one scene. You're a dumb surfer smoking a joint on a thing. I'm like fucking studying the script, you know. That's how delusional I was. Like, I rewrote it. It's much better like this, I'm telling you. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just say the lines from the script. <laughs> I was like, wow, that just cracked me, you know. And I, I kind of memorized them. But I just remember trying to remember my lines... The camera's rolling, I'm with James Woods, I'm smoking a joint, and I can hear the camera film going through the sprockets as it's wow. reeling. It's going, <laughs> what is my fucking line? <laughs> you know, I come up and I remember it and I come up with it. It worked fine. Don't worry, you guys. It worked just fine. But that's where I was at in my head. Like, I can hear the fucking spools of the threads of the film going through this. Oh, yeah! You know, and then I say my line. Jane, nobody really knew. They didn't really James care. James Woods is awesome. James yeah. Woods, the boost is gnarly. Then, Honor Bound, 19... Do I have to read my own resume? It's yeah, dude, come humiliating, on. man. Do yeah. something, Are you done with the phone and No, everything? dude, I got kid drama, man. It's a part of being a freaking uh, parent that works and having fun. I'm not working here, but I am. Are no, you guys getting uh, paid for the... I mean, you guys have sponsors and stuff? We're starting to. Yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. So, this will get you a big, big account. This will get you yeah, it will. Yeah. But yeah. All right, so the next movie, if that's what you're interested in, yes, yes, is a movie called Honor Bound. That's where we're on, yeah. on your list. It's Honor Bound. I get the lead in a film that films in Berlin and Zagreb, and I'm playing a, a driver, with, and Tom Skerritt is my thing. So it's a poor man's top gun. Tom Skerritt's my lead guy. I'm supposed to be a Tom, you know, gnarly driver. He dies because of something I do. And Gabrielle, you know, some beautiful Russian, I mean, you know, some beautiful European woman as the movie starts, full European cast. And I had just come off a TV movie where I 
it did pretty well, and I'm going to do my first lead in a feature film. My very wow. first lead in a feature. It's Honor awesome. Bound. Yes. George Cos... Not George Cosmatos. Uh, fuck, I wish I could have his name, because I just read about him the other day. He... He's, a, he's still alive and he's still a really interesting director. But I go over there anyway and all, all I have, all I'm armed with is a smile. <laughs> I mean, I swear to God. I look at Tom Cruise, I go, I've got, I'm playing the Tom Cruise role. I'm just devoid of craft and feelings at the time. And I'm like, I'm going to be the lead in this film. I'm not going to play a character. All I've got is a fucking smile. And all I'm doing is smiling to get the part. Like, as if I'm the most confident guy in the world. Everything's funny. And yeah, I got this. And I, I remember going over there. And this is the second time it happened to me. I'm working really hard. I've broken down the script. It's my first lead. I know where I am supposed to be every day emotionally, you know, because they don't film movies in order. They film them out of sequence. And you got to know where your character is each day you're filming that scene. And you have to work on that part and then compartmentalize it and then tape it up on the wall with your day-by-day breakdown of what scene they're shooting that day. Mm. Okay, now we're going into the makeup trailer. You've just been beaten up and you've seen your friend, your best friend die and you feel responsible. Oh. you got to be ready for that, you know. Like So you break it down, you work on it in your hotel room, and, and you bring it to the set. And... I didn't have a character. I just thought a lead in a film is me going through whatever I'm supposed to be going through with the character at the time, realist with with the with the other scene part yeah. at the time. It's just me. I'm not playing someone else. I'm not reaching for anything. I'm just me. And I will be as bland and as straight and, and like you know, just basic as possible. And let the audience decide what I am. You know, they'll just look at my face. This is the type of acting that just, just ruined me. I had read, and I was going to experiment with, when you do a lead in a film, you just have a thought. You're just thinking what the character's thinking. And the film, the light hits your face and refracts, and the film picks it up. It's a chemical reaction. And then the audience decide, they go with, they decide what you're thinking. Wow. You don't tell them what to think You read You that just have your method? own, yeah, it's a method of, a, of film acting when you're the lead. Oh, wow. And I've only been a character actor, so I'm like, I'm the lead, so I guess I'm just this guy. I tell you, it didn't work for me. <laughs> it, I'm now Brian Von Holt, you know. Like, it just didn't fucking work for me. Job I mean, on film. Yeah, it's like, do something. You know, that that's that's what I just felt that the producer was saying. I knew the producer wasn't happy because I wasn't giving off movie star vibes. Yeah. And they want you to be, we just hired you as the lead with Tom Skerritt and Gabrielle Lazur. You're Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, it's a $14 million film. You're going to be like Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> I'm no Tom Cruise, man. I mean, being the lead in the movie is awesome if, if you're just playing yourself. If the character's like yourself. Yeah. yeah. This guy was an army driver, you know, and he had some guilt going on with him, but he had to be fucking gnarly. I mean, yeah. you see these guys get these parts like, you know, Magic Mike and stuff. You know, that guy's gone on to be a great actor and stuff, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're chiseled, good-looking movie stars, and they're charismatic. The only guy I could, I could say that I was, like, kind of wishing I was like was Sean Penn, but Sean Penn plays characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a character actor. And when you see him just kind of play himself, he's so fucking cool yeah. and interesting and charismatic that even when he's just himself, he's fucking fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that. <laughs> and I realize that I can do the work. I can break down the scene and work six days a week on location, bring like, you know, emotion and do a lot of action work because I'm an yeah. athlete. 
a lot of action work. But I don't have, I didn't bring that kind of, I didn't grab that role you're, and go, I'm going to bring, yeah, I didn't grab that role and say, I'm going to bring this fucking idiosyncratic, charismatic aspect of myself to this guy. Yeah. I'm just going to play it straight. And well, I don't have... a different mindset, for I, sure. I don't have... You know, that opportunity, I should have grabbed and worked with a, an acting coach and said, look, this is a fuck... What do I do with this? Yeah. Give me something to do with it. Yeah. And, and as a result, that movie wasn't... You know, didn't really you make You probably held back on your personality thinking that's what you're supposed to do. Yes. Right? You, yeah. I didn't have the bubbly personality you guys see before you today. I, I wasn't free with myself. Like back then I was just, I was well, stoic. It was your first, I go, I'm going to play first lead. First lead. But I killed it in a couple character roles and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I can fucking do horror. I can do westerns. I can do surf. Yeah. Can I do an army driver? Fuck yeah. I'm just going to be an army driver. All the army drivers I know are boring. Yeah. They're just like pretty straight. Like, yes, yes, sir. No, ma'am. You know, like, <laughs> I'll just be that guy. You know, I, won't, I didn't bring any color to yeah. the role. And you got to fucking do something. When they give you a lead in the movie, you got to bring some That's fucking probably the hardest, too, when it's, like, such a, a dull, like, character, like you said. Just yeah. Grit and straight. And straight, straight army and, guy. I'm yeah. an army guy. But, hey, next time, you know. Yeah, no, I, when I got, hey. I got back to New York after doing that movie, and I'm like, I can do it. I can be the lead in the film. Because... I did it, you know, yeah. Zagreb, Berlin, never got sick, worked every day, did some some good work. There's some good work in it. You know, there's some work that's like, what the fuck, man? We're sitting, we paid a bunch of money, man. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> you know, and that that's you know, you hear that in surfing too. I remember when I was living on the North Shore, like that was the thing, like Rayno says would paddle out, like, you know, we'd be at Rocky Point and you'd see these guys and Rayno would be like, Do something. That became the thing that people would say to surfers on the North Shore in like two thousand. That was like a word. Yeah. But that's how I feel like I that's how I felt as an actor. Like if I was watching me now, I'd be like, Do something. You know, bring something to that scene. This is an opportunity. Yeah. You gotta you can't take this for granted. Think that like my natural No, you don't you're not who wants to watch you fucking not even thinking or think. Do something interesting, you know. Look like the wars on your shoulders and yes. you know, like suffer. You know, yeah. Or celebrate or fucking be in pain or so do something. You know, so yeah, that was not my, my best work. But that was Honor Bound and I realized I could be the lead in a film. When I did that movie, and I came back, and I was in New York, and I came back to Hollywood, I came back to LA, and I was like, I, I think I went to Indonesia for three months after that. Wow. And just surfed G-Land. That's all I. That's what I would always do after. I, another thing Jerry Lopez told me during North Shore, he said, besides, we're not making this for surfers. He said, John, don't quit surfing again. Surfing, you can do it. It's free. Yeah. You can do it for the rest of your life. You love surfing. Don't ever because I quit surfing to be an actor. You'll, you'll, and I'd started surfing again during North Shore. And Jerry said, don't ever quit surfing again. Yeah. So How after long that, did you quit for, you think? Well, it's like, how long did it take me to make those? Well, four years. Wow. That's a long time to be away it's, from... Yeah. So after that, I went to Indonesia. I went to G-Land every summer for two to three months in camp. I just I surfed G-Land with Jerry Lopez and Peter McCabe and all those guys. Like, it was part became part of my life again. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... Anyway, yeah, I went That's to a great G little perk. I of, went to uh, Gland. Yeah. I went to Indo. This is, this this is Bali you, back this in the eighties. This is 80s. why you do this life is you go work, bust your butt off, and then you go and reap the rewards of That's decompressing and and re just yeah. That was my program. Yeah, but other actors were like, "Why did you leave after you came back from doing that movie?" Because I wanted to surf, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but we're over here going on auditions. Your agent's wearing a suit and tie on the phone, making ten calls a day for you. Where's John Philbin? He's surfing in Bali. 
And then he tries to send you facts. You're like, I'm not into that right now. You come back three months later and you think you're going to get the lead in the next movie that comes around. We've been working every day. Uh-huh. And I remember Jimmy Spader going, Don, did you just, were you just, because he, friend from New Kids, did you just act so you could go on surf trips? <laughs> were you just in it, you know, so you could go on surf trips? Because that's how he looked at me. Because huh? yeah. you'd go and do a job and then you'd go surfing. And we, yeah. we, we're, we're all back here trying to do, you know, a John Hughes movie or something, yeah. trying to get work because we're actors. But you guys like, are fucking kooks. And I'm not <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, I like surfing. You know, it was so that was a split thing with me, and yeah. it didn't. Ser- it doesn't serve. It doesn't serve the career. But I wasn't like I said. I didn't have. I don't have that kind of longevity type of ambition. Like I want to dedicate myself to this. Like that's why I didn't go into theater. Like that's too fucking hard, man. I want to enjoy my life. Yeah. After my mom died, which changed everything, I watched her die and I watched the family relate to it and I just went, I want to enjoy the rest of my life from this day till I die. Yeah. I am not going to do shit that doesn't give me a, a great gratitude for being alive. And that's why surfing took on a big, you know, I, that's why acting, I studied acting, that was doing it for me. But then I got spoiled and I got lucky. I got to do a couple movies and I went, I can do this. Yeah. And I was like, I can do this. I'm going surfing. And I would just live in camp at G-Land. Yeah. Come back. Guys would be making fun of me, you know, and I'd be like, yeah. I'd take my shirt off in restaurants. People would be like, fuck, <laughs> dude. And I went, that's right, man. I don't go to the fucking gym. I just gym. fucking got back to G-Land. <laughs> What's G-Land? You don't, no, no, man, you don't so even howly. know what that is, bro. You're so howly, you don't even know you're howly. Yeah, and that kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird thing to be, you know, but I was, I was creating my own life. I will say that I did think I was going to work more as an actor and that that did hurt my acting career, but I fucking love surfing. Yeah. Yeah. I love G-Land. That's that's why we're here, man. I had two things going. I had G-Land and acting. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about, we kind of talked about Point Break. Yeah. But I really want to talk about it more. Okay. Um, So... Keanu's the lead. You need more coffee? No, that was great. I'm ready. <laughs> Point break. It starts this way. My agent sends me a script. Hey, they're making another surf movie. Great, I want to be in it. Uh, it's going to be with Charlie Sheen and directed at Warner Brothers. And uh, I can't remember. You don't have to sell it. It said surf. No, I want to do it. <laughs> Charlie Sheen? I read, yeah. So I read this script. It's called Riders on the Storm. It's not called Point Break. Riders on the Storm, oh. Charlie Sheen. It's a different director, not Catherine Bigelow. I go in. I read for the lead for Patrick's part. I do really well. The director looks at me and goes, cool. I know I did well. And he gives me a small part of one of the characters in the, in the group, Nathaniel, who wears the Jimmy Carter mask, who in this original version of Riders on the Storm commits suicide in the skydiving scene. Did you see the movie? Yes. He commits suicide. He doesn't open his parachute in the skydiving scene to protest Bodhi's adoption of Keanu Reeves' character, an FBI agent, into this gang. Yeah. I'm like, what are you, fucking blind? I'll kill myself just to let you know that guy's fucking no good. And I do. And I'm like, ooh, this guy commits suicide. He loves Bodie. He hates this new character. The new character's going to be Charlie Sheen. Whatever. I get cast. I get the offer. I got the part. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to... This, this guy goes to Surf Hawaii and shit. He's a bank robber. Skydiver, surfer. I've just been doing a bank robbing movie called Dillinger in the Midwest. I'm shooting Tommy guns. I'm like, fuck yeah. Again, <laughs> surf. Where's the check? Someone buys the studio. The script gets dropped on the slate. Oh, sorry, we're not making this movie. Studio. Oh. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And then six months later, hey, John, they're going to make the movie again. 
and they want you to play the same part. It's a different director and it's a different cast. Now they've got Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves and a woman director who's an artist. She's awesome. Catherine Bigelow. And they've offered you the same part. I'm like, I'll come in and read for it. No, you don't have to come in and read for it. They want you to play the same part that they you have got the, they hired. The yeah, they've looked at the yeah. whole shit. And I'm like, well, I want to go in and meet her. Like, well, Craig, you can go in and meet her. I go in and meet her. Like, I, I, I bring, I'm so excited to be in this movie that I bring a backpack and I've got a picture of me skydiving and a picture of me surfing pipeline and a picture of me robbing the bank. You're living in the park. This is me. <laughs> He's like, you got the job. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's like, don't, you don't need to audition, dude. Just stop auditioning. You got the part. Yeah. But I mean, I almost read myself right out of that room. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to read it. <sighs> I suck it. You know, I, I'm not a great reader. But anyway, I got the part. Yeah. So I'm doing Point Break. So I, I've worked with Patrick before. We go do read-throughs. There's Patrick Swayze. He's got his wand. I'm like, hey, buddy. Gives me the wand. We worked on Grandview USA together. I've worked with his brother since. We just bond. Yeah. And we just, he fucking takes on that character and we worship him. Yeah. I mean, the kids just worship him. He takes us skydiving. He takes us up to his place in Arrowhead and, you know, we're just fucking loving this guy, you know. I quit smoking for the movie, you know. Both both these movies are so campy and funny and, and almost nonsensical. But they're so fucking good. You sound like a surfer. Yeah, though yeah. this is a this is a buddy cop film, bro. Yeah. This isn't a surf movie. I know. This but... is about two cops. They were on the same side, the two opposite sides of the same coin, and it's every formula movie you've ever seen. You'll How? see the villain and the protagonist looking at each other face to face, and you'll realize that's in every fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. They're the two opposite sides of the same coin. Oh, I get it. Yeah. But yeah. this is just set in the surfing milieu, and I'm like. Yeah. It's another movie that is but forever etched in my surf brain culture. and surf culture. But, but, but uh, you know, uh, they're adrenaline junkies and they're surfers. And, yeah. and there's not a day goes by. It's like, well, how do I feed the, how do I feed my, my junk? Like, you know, whatever, how to make money. You know, some of our friends did sell drugs. Did some get, would do acting. Some would be a surfer. No, I'm just kidding. Did, did you get uh, cast in the next one? In the remake? Did no. you see the next one? I did. But I don't so you remember. don't remember? Uh-uh. Because it was the worst movie you've ever seen. It was, dude. It was so the bad. Worst remo- the worst reviewed movie of all time. <sighs> it was only open for three days. The biggest piece of shit and an embarrassment. No, I didn't. Oh, die. You never know Good. when. I wanted to. I was like, you're making Point Break 2. I was in Point Break 1. It's like, yeah, we're, we got, we're going a different... I was like, what? Then they make it, and I'm like, I'm going to go see that. And I go, this is the worst fucking movie. It was Those worse. guys suck at making they movies. They sucked. That was the worst movie ever. That was. Not that Ed Ramirez isn't a great actor. He is, and I'm a fan. Yeah. But the filmmakers. Yeah. And I'm happy all the surfers get to work. You know, like Derek yeah. like surfers get to work as stuntmen in movies when yeah. movies get made. So cool. You know, I didn't get a job as an actor. Thank God. Because that's the worst fucking piece of shit ever made. <laughs> fuck Tell us how you really yeah, feel what about piece that. Of shit. It's really hard to do a, 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 a sequel. Yeah. You yeah. take a classic movie like that. Or remake, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. Point Break is a classic film that just has oh legs. People watch it now and they're like, I'm watching Point Break. Right? I just showed you a picture of guys at Kelly Slater's Surf Ranch wearing dead president's masks yeah. from Point Break. <laughs> you know, it's cool, happening huh? right now. Another big movie that's, I know... Up that you were in was Tombstone, right? Yes, it's a western. Yeah, fucking, fucking you guys amazing. Are getting tired, right? You're not, fading, dude. Not no. even. This really? is. Do I look like I'm fading. This is interesting. You are. Oh, you're fading. I want to ah! get, get to more like 
Surf movies like Our, Soul Surfer and Blue he, Crush. He, he, and, we talked about Soul Surfer. He was a consultant. Oh. No. In Soul Surfer? In Blue Crush. Oh, Blue Crush. Sorry. Oh, I Soul was Surfer. Get out of my phone call. Yeah. So so phone in Soul Surfer, which probably made more money than any other surf film because of the Christian thing and Bethany's huge. Yeah. That's Dennis Quaid and Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt, I, I did produce a movie for Helen Hunt called Ride. I was her surf instructor, so she brought me over to Hawaii, and she gave me a bone. Here, play this reporter, so I actually play a reporter, a fuel TV reporter in Soul Surf, and I asked Bethany Hamilton's character if she could have it, her life to do all over again. Would she have what happened to her happen to her? It's really kind of a beautiful Fuel moment. TV? Fuel TV Fuel is TV, back. right, you guys? Yeah. We're so sponsored by Fuel TV. Fuel TV is back. <laughs> Welcome back, Fuel TV. Thanks for sponsoring the show, Thank Fuel for, TV. Fuel TV was awesome. I was going to yeah. say, there's more Fuel it TV. Is. That's yeah. what it was. So yeah, I got to play a Fuel TV reporter, and I'd someday like to do that again in real life. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I was taught surfing, and I also had a small part in that. Soul Surfer. But back to Point Break, don't you want to hear anything about Point Break? I do. Do we have any questions I don't know why about Point Break? Before we go to Tombstone, which I okay. want to go to, okay. I'd like to talk about Point Break. Did you get to surf Archie? There we go. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. yes, I got to meet Matt Archibald. Yeah. And I got to surf with him because he's Patrick Swayze's stunt double. Yep. I don't have a stunt double because I surf. So I get to go out, and we filmed every wave on the North Shore, except Archie gets a couple waves in California or whatever, but... Every wave I surf is on the North Shore. We yep. film out there with Brian Kailana's Hawaiian Water Patrol, Terry Ahui. We learn how to jet ski toe into waves. Wow. The Coen Brothers films. This is back before, like, well, Jaws is happening, actually. But they're towing us into waves. We're letting go of the rope. They're filming us. Yeah. It was fucking... I'd never done it. Uh, backyard? Where would you guys go film? Makaha. Outside Makaha. Oh, Makaha. Yeah. It's super bitching. Archie's, like, the coolest dude. And I've, I've seen him in Bali. Like, I... I him and Garth Tarlow, you know, like I got to hook up with him in G-Land. We spent some time in G-Land together. Wow. He's a fucking real guy. He's you know? a real cool dude. And he's a fucking idol. To, yeah. To yeah. Know. I love that guy. You know we had him on the show too. Yeah. I wanna, and I'm going to listen to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Right really, as soon really as you guys good. leave. And if you listeners yeah. haven't listened to it, I, I suggest going back and listening to Archie podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to Archie. Archie that, I hear, no, it, I hear it's really amazing. I mean, obviously he's such an icon. and He's an not icon. Him, but to, to have a different perspective of somebody that's a fan of him but didn't hang out on a personal level... And be able to like, you know, be on a surf trip in Bali or yeah. Thailand or wherever. When I make a movie with someone, I fucking love them. You know, like yeah. I, 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 they are part of my life forever, my family. Unless they're total dicks, you know, yeah. unless, and he wasn't. Yeah. And so I'm a fan and also a friend and I'll always, I'll always be a supportive guy. But yeah, that movie, that's surfing on the North Shore of Oahu out at Pipeline. They did blockers different. They didn't send the hooey out threatening to break your finger, break your bones. They had... Surfers from the North Shore, and in my case, Braden Diaz, great pipe surfers. Okay, yep. this guy needs to get a bunch of ways of pipe. You two guys take care of him. Like Braden and, and Jason Mags yep. are on either side of me. Like, John, when you want a wave, and there are 10 foot days that, that trip, whenever you want a wave, you just paddle for it. And we'll paddle on either side of you, and then we'll pull back and you go, okay? Yeah. I'm like, Okay. You know, like, hey, can you, you want this one? Which one's 100% guaranteed yeah. I'm going to make? I got to learn that on North Shore because guys were out there going, You see, there's a north tail on this wave? I go, What do you mean? You see that at the end of the wave, there's a north tail coming in? Yeah, I see it. He goes, It's going to close out. It's not going to be making. It's not, you want the ones that come this way, they block and there's no north tail. I'm like, Thank you, man. <laughs> Adam 12 taught me that. So now I know how to start. I know what waves are makeable, but, those, but it's big a lot of those days. Sonny Miller's on the beach, you know, great. 
and sometimes Jason or Brayden are like, you want this one, John? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you go. I'll wait for you. And they're like, yeah, no. Like, those guys surf with hats on, you know. They yeah. surf, they'll drop in a pipe with their hats on, turn the backside, get barrels, spit out, come back out. Thanks, bro, yeah. You know, I'm going, I want a little, just a little small. Yeah. A little over here, like a little small. So, yeah, that way I had two I guys. I got blockers for, you know, four weeks out of pipeline, sunset, wherever. That was a great experience. Anyway, yeah. a, it was fun. I did a lot of surfing for Point yeah. Break. Not You don't see a lot of it, but we're over there doing it. Yeah. And, yes, Matt Archibald was, was amazing. All those guys were amazing. Patrick Swayze is a fucking legend. Keanu Reeves becomes a movie star. Yeah. yeah. And was it that movie that made him a movie star? Yeah. That's his first lead huh. in an action romantic lead yeah. in an action film that's a big studio film and he's working with um, an established movie star speed came after then yeah okay yeah you're right then Catherine Bigelow yeah what, what other that movie? one too Catherine Bigelow that was her movie Catherine Bigelow she went on to do Hurt Locker you know yeah. but she did She so she got the directing job and she was James Cameron's wife at the time so, so he would come to the set too and be like James is here James Cameron's here yeah. <laughs> Catherine goes out with James Cameron. Yeah. 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 That's Hollywood. That's how it Hollywood thing is Hollywood. <laughs> but yeah, she was an artist. She was an artist. In, any like uh movie destinations like on on you know, like location where it wasn't a surf movie but you got to go surf? Like over in Europe or anywhere? I filmed a movie called The Four Minute Mile in Australia. Never even went to the beach because oh. I'm just I played a runner. I'm like I'm just in a surf movie. Australia's you know? so good. I know I missed it, so I've never surfed in Australia. But I've done a movie there in Melbourne and Sydney, but never went to the beach. I went to I went to what's that cool? It's cool now, but back then it was just a junky place. It's this little cove near near Sydney. Now it's like MTV Beach House. Mm, it's a little bay. It's all coffee shops. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, no, I didn't surf. Huh. I went, I did a movie in, you know, the Philippines. What I do is I go, I did a war movie in the Philippines. I did my movie. Then I went to China and Hong Kong. And then I went to Indonesia for two months. Yeah. And I would just surf. But I never did a movie where, I, yes, I did a movie called The Crew with Viggo Mortensen. And Vigo. Donald Logue and Jeremy Sisto. And we were in Bimini, which is right off of Miami, and there happened to be some freak nor'eastern nor'eastern swell. And Bimini was all these there were just waves breaking everywhere. It's like I need to surf. There were no surfboards or anything. I wasn't playing a surfer, but I went and found like a windsurfer, you know. And I would surf this windsurfer right by the hotel in these little waves. It probably never breaks once a year. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm surfing, you know. Like if I fall down, I'm gonna have to. They're gonna have to reshoot all my scenes because it's fucking <laughs> one foot and shot. But yeah, I did surf during the crew. And that's where I got to, you know, meet Vigo and Donald. We're fucking love those guys. That's Tombstone sick. now. Let's okay. talk about Tombstone. Dude, fucking guns. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to know? No, uh, Tombstone. You guys aren't bored by this? This is an all-star cast. Dude, we're not bored. No. Are you bored? No. No, okay. this is incredible. Okay, okay, okay. I shouldn't have said that. Could you delete that? That's yeah, bad. We'll, that we'll makes delete. the audience bored. That mean, I don't want to bore you guys, but here's Tombstone. Here's John Philbin's episode with Tombstone. So anyway, I hadn't worked in a while. And I was starting to... Fade away. You know, I wasn't getting the jobs I would audition for. I used to get jobs I auditioned for. Now I'm not getting them. And all of a sudden, I'm like kind of got a different agency. My main agent has dropped me. Steve Dauntonville has dropped me. I'm with APA. I get a call from Bill Danziger, who's my agent. And he goes, hey, John, you got an offer to do a Western called Tombstone. I got an offer? Yeah. The director, Kevin Jari, has your picture. We submitted you, and he made you the offer. I go, I don't have to audition. He goes, no. Awesome. He goes, yeah, you're going to go to Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, and it's like, 12 weeks. Cool. Who else is in it? 
Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Billy Whoa. Bob Thornton, Charlton Heston. I'm like, fucking shit, man. Jason Priestley, Thomas Hayden Church, you, Robert Burke. I'm like, fuck, Powers Booth. Like, and I'm like, awesome. It's great as long as I don't have to crawl through the mud and die with my face in the mud. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read the script or anything, but we're going to send you the script. And I go, that's great. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Oh, I got a job. I didn't have to audition. I must, he goes, yeah, he said you look just like the guy. Real guy, yeah. He gets killed in the OK Corral. I'm reading, uh, Tom McClary, OK Corral. Cool. But I'm going to shoot. Rears a horse. Gets shot in the gut. Doc Holly kills him. Goes down, crawls through the mud, <laughs> through a, mud, a wet mud ditch, after a dump, and dies. <laughs> I swear to God. You you actually told me. I them. swear to God, I said that exact thing to my agent. <laughs> and that is exactly what happens. What to happens? You. you either fall, you either fall off a roof, off the, the balcony of the sub saloon, out yeah. the window, or you die in a freaking cow or horse pile of mud. Shit in the <laughs> mud. They didn't use that scene. They didn't shoot that scene. They didn't need that scene. When it came, when it, the film got rewritten, the, Kevin Jarry wrote an, an amazing script, and that's how he got all those actors to do it. Yeah. And, he, and he hired Catherine Hardwick, who went on to you know, direct Twilight and 13 and other wow. you know, huge, huge director. But at the time, she was an art director, and she still is. She did the art direction for that film, an amazing costume designer. Kevin Jarry's a real artist, a great writer. And he, this was his first film to direct. But Hollywood's like, yeah, we want your script. And you, you got these actors want to do it because they read your script. You got all these actors because they like your script. Okay, you can direct. So he's shooting. But if we don't like what you're directing after three, four weeks, we're going to replace you. He's doing the best he can. The studio's like, okay, we're replacing you. But we've got all the actors and we've got your script. So he assembled the most amazing cast. Yeah. He got replaced as a director. And George Cosmatos came in. I think George Cosmatos... The Sylvester Stallone movies, like First Blood, you know, like Rambo. He's a Rambo director. Yeah. Studio-approved action film. Rewrote the script. All the actors are like pissed. Like all these great actors, like Sam Elliott's part gets reduced. And it becomes a love story between Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell. A love story between Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. Still a fucking great script. We're all like, God, nobody quit. Please don't quit. I'm still there. My scene's everything except getting crawled through the mud I just died, you know, okay, I've been shot in the gut, he died, you don't have to show me crawl through the mud and die, right? Which I would have loved to have done anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm out in the desert just shooting guns, riding horses, working with those guys. I fucking love those guys. Bill Patrick and Sam. Dude, that's, a, that's an all-time cast. Like, yeah, it's the sure. best cast ever assembled yeah. for a movie. It's kind of crazy how many movies that we enjoy that you've been. Oh, you're so nice. You know what I'm saying? Like... Movie, that movie I'm like, not a big Western guy, right. but, but that, that Western, movie was but fucking... But that Western, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Doc Holliday and... Oh. Yeah, those guys killed it. I mean, I love... I, we were allowed to watch dailies and stuff. I'd go into dailies and I'd watch, you know, the, the, the Red Sash guys that sit on one side and the Earps that sit on the other. You know, we were all like kind of playing. The, it was so fun. Yeah. We loved each other. But when Val Kilmer would work on screen and stuff, I mean, it's, it was such an, another level of work. Like, they're, they'll film him in the hospital, and we're watching his dailies, and he's, like, looking straight in the camera, you know, and smoking, and he's talking to the studio heads, and he's talking to his wardrobe people who he loved. And then they're like, okay, action. And now he's talking to Kurt Russell, and he's fucking weeping. And he's dying, and he knows he's dying, and he's trying to tell him to live his life. And he's just weeping. Cut, and then he's back into this neutral character where he's just talking to his intimate friend, you know, but he's so aware of the camera. 
it was just another level to yeah. watch that kind of work. I didn't get to watch him work live, you know, except when he kills me. And I, he, <laughs> and I see him over there and like, and I, I, we're shooting the OK Corral and we got that. When we rehearsed that gunfight, we got it down to the, to the round and to the second that the history book said how many seconds it took that fight Whoa. and how many rounds were shot. When our first dress rehearsal, we got it down to the second from action to cut to the second into the round. But there's a scene where I've got to take a horse and rear it. It's got to come up and reveal Doc Holliday with a shotgun. He shoots me underneath the horse, gets me in the gut. You know, the horse is supposed to run away. I just get fall back and die. Well, I would, you know, I've got to rear a horse and shoot at Val while everyone is timing their scenes to the second. I pulled a little too hard on the horse during a scene. You get excited. I pulled a little too hard on the reins. The horse went up. Turns headed towards Val. He shoots me, and the horse goes back and almost kills him. <laughs> it just goes in real life. Oh, yeah, in real life, it just goes you're, back. You're on a He's horse. He's got to dodge. No, I'm behind a hiding behind a horse. But you pull the strap. I have to pull the strap. It's a rearing horse. You pull this thing back. It goes. It's not supposed to roll on its back. Yeah. It's just supposed to rear up. But I pull it so hard that it goes back and rolls on its back. Horse is okay, by the way. But, you know, <laughs> no horses wasn't supposed to happen. You know, Val shoots me, but then Alice has to dodge that horse. Did you see that horse, how that thing kind of was coming at me? I was like, I was a little too busy. You know, I didn't really notice that. But he's so attuned to everything that's happening. He sees, like, that guy pulled the rein too hard. That horse is coming at me. I got to shoot him and then move and then get back in my spot for the rest of it. It's a very intricate rehearsed scene. Wow. And that, I, I tried to get him with that horse, but. <laughs> He got me with a shotgun, so that's it. Could have that lead. At least you didn't have to crawl through the mud. Didn't have to crawl through the mud. Thank you. Wow. I love it. It's a good tombstone story. Yeah, uh, it's a good story. I just want to know why I didn't get cast uh, for Chasing the Dream in 2007 about um, some high school kids trying to be professional. Did servers. you get interviewed? No. <laughs> Do you know that coach? No. You know some of those kids? I, I don't even know. Did you see it. the movie? No. <laughs> That's a fucking crime. I know. It is a crime. I know Gary Busey. Well, he, you know, he that was my job was to get. Yeah. So I know the filmmaker, Angelo May, yeah. gets a job for Quicksilver and whatever to make a documentary about Huntington Beach High School team surfing against San Clemente. Yeah. He take, it takes him a year. They tr- go to Australia. They interview all those kids. The pie. Who's the guy from Sur- Honey and Surf? Aaron Pie. Aaron Pie. The owner. In it. No son. Taylor. Taylor. In it. Yeah. Um. A bu- and and all his classmates are in it. Nice. Hmm. Were you? Are you too old for that? You were yeah. fucking long gone. Yeah. No. I'm just yeah. joking. But it's 2007. I was in freaking yeah. Forty already. See, I don't. I didn't no. know. You look young. For yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. The coach is in it, chasing the dream. If you're gonna be the next Kelly Slater, we'll let you know. Yeah. It was a documentary. The only reason I got a producing credit for that film yeah. is because Angelo, the director, came to me and said, "Do you think we can get Gary Busey to narrate it? Will you?" I go, "I will ask Gary Busey, and I'll I'll see if I can get him to narrate it." But if I do, and he says yes, I want a producer credit. I want to produce by credit. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're not. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem fair to these people. I was like, I'm just saying, I'll yeah. do it because yeah. I know Gary. Yeah. But I'll do it in exchange <coughs> for, sure. for a producer credit. Yeah. And that was a, it was brutal, but I got the producer credit. That's cool. Gary Why narrated you want it. Gary Busey because of his voice, or because he was the masochist. In Big Wednesday. Uh, but you were fucking turtle in North Shore. I wasn't fit. I was, that wasn't uh, anything Not to, to, this to guy. talk about If you would have asked us, I people in the fucking know. Maybe. Right? I don't know. Maybe. I didn't know that that was a, a mind shaft to be tapped yet. Yeah. All I knew was, 
And my other favorite story about Point Break is Gary Bu- Big Wednesday is my favorite Hollywood surf movie. Yeah. Just so you know. Gary Busey plays the masochist. That's true. In Big Wednesday. My yeah. favorite Hollywood movie. Yeah. Then I did then I play Turtle in North Shore, which is like my second favorite Hollywood movie. And then in Point Break, Turtle gets shot and killed by the masochist <laughs> in Point Break, which some people consider like the third, fourth, fifth surf Hollywood yeah, movie. Yeah. And we all come together in that movie. That anyway. was fucking Yes. I get Gary The Worlds collided did, right did, there. Did, after the whole just Boom. After yeah. living that and having all these little circles throughout the decades and then having it all yeah, just come around. Life is great. If you stay alive, you never know what can happen. And also, you never know if something's good or bad. Something happens, you know, you're like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, you know, and it's not. Or this thing like, you know, oh, I fucking didn't get into, I, well, I don't get to be in Point Break 2. And then you're like, Phew, what a stink bomb. I'm so lucky. You just don't know what's good or what's bad. But yeah. anyway, Chasing the Dream is this great documentary. I'm going to watch it. I'm you should. It. You yeah, can't yeah. find it. Because Quicksilver, I think they just, I think that Quicksilver just fucking dropped the ball on that. They um, shelved it? They shelved it. They didn't release it properly. They fucked it up because it was such a good movie. And you know what? Even, I know people over there. Maybe they have even, a copy on a hard drive somewhere. Even yeah. today, yeah. if you show that at a high school, because you can't go to school anymore, high school. Yeah. That's a movie. That's a that's a week long entertainment thing because it's anti drugs. You know, it's about competitive high school surf team San Clemente Huntington Beach. Yeah. It's just legend lore. Those kids yeah. are a lot of them got up, went on to be famous. And I stuff think didn't. I vaguely remember something about it, but I mean, didn't get, I don't remember you it. it on the, you yeah. should be able to buy that on Netflix or or, for sure. or Amazon Prime. But it was one of those things like out of sight, out of mind forever. Yeah. And I was doing the research for you and I'm like, holy crap. Like, it's such a good movie. Yeah. Hmm. I love that movie. And yeah. I love getting the credit even though it's like, what the fuck did you do? I attached Gary Busey. Yeah. Uh, it's all so about what? me now. So what? Yeah. But that's, a, that's an example of, because I'd gotten burned on a movie. I did, I know, I did Learn to Surf with Andy Irons for Billabong. Mm. Same director, Angelo. He goes, hey, will you do the voiceover and will you give me a surf lesson? I'm like, yeah, sure. I give him a surf lesson. I write down everything I told him. I do the voiceover and the mo- and with Ant- learn to surf with Andy Arnold on Billabong. My name's not on the thing. I oh. guess like surf consultant, you know, lesson John Philbin. And I'm like, that's my fucking lesson. Yeah. And that's my voice. And but I, got, I did all this other stuff. Yes. Like... Yeah. And like, so what I decided, so when next time he came to ask me if I wanted to do yeah. a movie, I was like, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll get you this big name for your thing. But I want a producer credit this time. Because well, I didn't get any credit for that. Learn to serve with Andy Irons. Yeah. But I did, get, I did get to meet Andy Irons, who I fucking love. Yeah. So that was, yeah. that was a cool thing. I haven't had much luck with and, the endemic surf brands. Yeah. Like I've done a couple little projects with them. Yeah. That meant a lot to me, but they're not, they haven't been like, I haven't had the greatest luck with the endemic surf brands like Quicksilver, yeah. fucking drop the ball on Chasing the Dream, a great movie. Yeah. They blew it. It's so good, but they don't know how to deal with that kind of entertainment. Billabong, they haven't had the best luck with the endemic surf brands. You did brands. something with uh, um, Dennis Jarvis, though, didn't you? I did a movie for Dennis yeah. Jarvis. And it's yeah. probably on there. Yeah, he, Dennis Jarvis always wanted to be a filmmaker. Yeah. He worked on Point Break. He just wanted to be in mo- do movies. Yeah. That's what he really wanted to do. And he kept trying. And finally, he got this thing and he gave me a part in it. And I, pl- I played this part. And he, I went to see the And it was fun. And he did really well. And I went to see the thing. And he, my, he, he, he put that part was played by Turtle. <laughs> oh. the ultimate surfer thing to do right oh. and I went Dennis you can't he, yeah he it. probably thought like, I go, more people he goes would, yeah, yeah more people know I'm like oh, no. yeah but Dennis no. that's not my name yeah 
I'm an actor. My name's John Philbin. You cannot put that out. Yeah. And I had, I did serious because he's like, what the fuck difference is So what? Fucking do And I'm yeah, like, no, business. Dennis, you yeah. don't get it. Yeah. That's my, it's my name. Yeah. yeah. I'm an actor. And he really did not get that at the time. Yeah. And it caused a little riff because I kind of had to be a little bit, uncom- you know, yeah. unpleasant. But now we are great friends, and I have nothing but respect for him. But that yeah. was an awkward stage in life when he and, when he was trying to do something he didn't really understand, and I still had an attitude because, you know, I, I had an attitude about it. You know, I was like, yeah. this is this is you don't understand this business. I mean, this is my name. You can't just call me a character name from a Universal owns that. I mean, I'm not. It was just it was a it was a very uncomfortable time. Yeah. But now I love Dennis Jarvis, and yes, I got to be in a, a little part in this little movie, cool. and I thought he did really good. And now he's making boards. Good yeah. for him. It's all come back. Yeah. Making surfboards. Making a lot of good boards. Man. Yeah. Makes some good boards. Yeah. 60, got a 60 degrees of separation. Too. Spider right surf. Too. Spider surf. Yeah. If you're in Hermosa, Manhattan, go check him out. We're he trying. really was... Dennis Jarvis was really good to me during Point Break. I just want to say that. He yeah. he he was a surf consultant for Point Break. Before there were like... You know, he's like... He was really kind to me. He let me stay at his place. He gave me fucking boards. I love that guy. Yeah. Nice. It's cool. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. Um, shit, dude. We should probably... Lennon's <laughs> oh, Len, t- tired now. No, yeah. I'm not no, tired. I'm just kidding. I think it's... you are tired, bro. Bro. This is the second time. I will fucking kick your ass, okay, turtle. Hey, you want to wrestle. <laughs> you you want to wrestle, turtle. <laughs> This guy, this guy was. Uh, I know you want to wrestle. Hey, turtle. you must have been. You might have been a wrestler, but I was a gymnast. Hey, were you? <laughs> I'll do a fucking backflip right on your ass. This guy. This guy was a collegiate high school varsity wrestler over here before he took up the. Uh, Can I just tell you, arts? Jay Larson? Collegiate. 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 Okay, sorry. Okay. Thanks for. I'm, I'm correcting his uh, English. Yeah, you guys are good. <laughs> You guys are good. I'm sorry I talked See, this whole he's time. The no, brains, dude, this is, he's the brains on the looks, okay? This, That's how it works. Uh, honestly, John, uh, well, before we close it out, what are you doing these days? Oh, thank you so much. I thought you'd never ask. Cool. So can I talk about what I'm doing now? Yes. That's it. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the most important thing is the last thing I did was I curated an art show for Gordy Grundy, who runs and operates an aggregate art uh, periodical online called yeah. Art Report Today. That's Art Report Today. So if you go to www.artreporttoday, you can see a show that I curated that's got a lot of great surf artists and other artists that is a, a fucking map of my life. Plus, the I do an in-depth interview on Art Report Today that the Inertia liked so much, they decided to, to, to publish it. So if you go to theinertia.com, and you go to John Philbin's interview for Art Report today for a show that I just curated. I would love it if everybody would read that. Awesome. Article. It's not easy to do. Like, I can't get my dad to read it. Like, hey, dad, I just did a really in-depth interview for Art Report today, and I curated a show. What do you know about art? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you read the interview? Yeah, what, you know, what, you mentioned Gramps? Yeah, I read it. What about it? Nothing, Dad. Just uh, trying to impress you, yeah. and and so yeah. Art Report today has got the latest interview that I've done, that, and I'm really proud of it. That's awesome. And then for that, because I got sober, and I how long have you been sober? I've been six years. I stopped fucking up. I got to do this movie, Undateable John, which is on Amazon Prime, where I play a surf instructor struggling with alcoholism, and I get to get 
with some really this amazing woman, Estella Warren. I get to work with Daryl Hannah and Tom Arnold and Joan Jett just because I'm sober surf instructor. So that's awesome. You get to yeah. play John. John 2.0. I played, un, it's called Undateable John. And I play a surf instructor struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction. Pretty fucking close to the bone. So it's the second, <laughs> it's the second lead I've had in a film. Yeah. Honor Bound, where I did nothing. And Undateable John, where I bring it. Nice. I'm totally me. I trained my whole life for that movie. No one saw it because it comes out on Amazon Prime. You got to buy it and rent it. But I think it's really funny. It's hard to get through. Sometimes it starts really slow, but it's got some great moments. I'm really proud of it. Undateable awesome, John. dude. Yeah, and then I did these two other movies. One is by with this guy Nick. He's a Manhattan surfer. Nick Lamb is in it. He's this really cool guy made this movie. Anyway, it's called Ghost Babe, and that'll come out next year. And I go what Ghost Babe. Ghost Babe. Ghost Babe Babe is going to come out. It's with a bunch of surfers. I don't play a surfer. I play an Italian real estate gangster. But I do go surfing in a scene, and it's fucking hysterical with these really (laughs) cool surfers. We shot it in Cleveland, Ohio. It's called Ghost Babe. It's going to be really cool. Cool. That's what I've been doing lately. Good for you. Our report today, curating our report today, Undateable John. Awesome. Ghost Babe. And I did this other movie called Death Face vs. Bikini Party. Which is pretty going to be pretty cool. That's not going to come out for a that year. Is that a camp death, thing? It's a horror. My yes. God, because it's horror. Yeah. It's a campy horror movie that they're going to try to franchise like Friday the 13th, where if it, if it does well, they'll, they'll make another one. And I can't, I, that's can't the one that. movie I want to see that I want to be in the sequel. Awesome. Now, and you're also still doing surf Teaching lessons. surfing? Yeah. My website is prosurfinstruction.com if anyone wants to take a surf lesson with me. Yeah, yeah I teach in Malibu, but I travel all around. I mean, I have clients that I go to, I'm going to go do some lessons in Hawaii. I always have. And uh, sometimes Indonesia, sometimes Mexico, wherever the client wants to go, sometimes Carmel. But I, my office is Malibu, I, not at first point. I teach out at third point, you know, all ages. Nobody too good. I just like beginners, to tell you the truth. Yeah. And the lighter you are, the better. I like it. I charge by the pound. <laughs> so yeah, it's gotten kind of cold. So I got all my gear ready. I, I usually do it all summer long, but it's pro surf instruction. Anybody can. That's cool. Anybody can come. Dude. And you're surfing all the time. I'm going to be. I'm going to Hawaii for a month. I leave December seventh if COVID doesn't stop me, and I will start surfing again. Surf sucks around here, you know. Sucks. And I just, yeah. So I mean, I. We're just driving the canyon to up to your house. I'm like, man, this is like, fucking, this is so beautiful, so insane. So I go, there's no fucking waves up here. <laughs> fucking flat up here, man. It sucks up here. But yeah, so when I go for surf trips, I go to Warm. places where are good. So Tropical. I'm going to Hawaii for the North Shore for the winter, and then I'm going to go to Indonesia for the summer. Now that I can, now that I'm 60, I'm retired. I got a little pension. I can afford it. I'm going to, and after COVID. I'm yeah. going to fucking Indo. I have the ticket. I got canceled on the COVID thing. I was going 60 days try to do 60 days in camp so it'll it'll have to wait till next spring yeah well now it's picking up a, a movie part here yeah if i can going to the indo for a few months and then i'll come back and if i had one. yeah i'm not 30 20 years anymore if i did have some advice it would be stay alive and just <laughs> keep at it you know just try to stay alive and take shit seriously and try to do your best you know and you'd be amazed what happens if you get out of your own way yeah like as soon as i fucking get out of my own way yeah. make wonderful things happen yeah. and uh, i'm really lucky I be love cool my life. love yeah. my life yeah just dude thanks guys thank you, you guys are awesome john philbin i don't want to say turtle but fuck dude that's stuck yeah hey and great 
And uh, this has been amazing. I can't believe we got to sit down with one of the most iconic fucking characters in, in surf culture because North Shore, Point Break, are you fucking kidding me? Those are forever going to be part of our culture. And uh, it's amazing. Yeah. That, it's thank my you. Pleasure. And we could have called, called you party guest number seven. <laughs> That's or, right. Or Amos or, or Chuck or Tommy. Yeah. Or Nathaniel or Donnie or yes. Sergeant Young, uh, Max Young or all the other uh, great no, actors. Man. You know, characters. What was your played. character in uh, Point Break? What was that guy's name? Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Or Jimmy Carter Mask. Yeah. I was in a mask most of the time, but I had a good time. Dude, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys you. are All right. I love you guys. Yeah. Peace. Take care. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 